Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. This, this is RS1. Is RS1 part of the Radio Show Limited network? One cars were expected to line up on the grid for today's Allen J Automotive Network 120. This is round two of the 2019 IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Unfortunately, two drivers from the GS class won't be taking the start today. Both involved in incidents yesterday. One of them is number 33, Windward Racing HTP Motorsports Mercedes AMG. Big crash yesterday for Russell Ward. And also uh, uh, Tom Collingwood who crashed the BGB Motorsports Porsche 9718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. That's car number 11. So we're down to uh, 26 GS cars and 15 TCRs. Starting at the back of the field in the 41st position on the grid, having not a set of timing qualified because the quote-unquote the brain of the engine wasn't functioning, so electri- electronic problems. But it'll be Roy Block who starts car number 5. That's one of two Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCRs run by KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering. The teammate car, car number three, will be started one position ahead of on the grid by Alex Papadopoulos. Alongside him on the grid, Kieran O'Rourke in car number 10. That's the eeuroparts.com Rover Racing Audi RS3 LMS TCRs. Two more Audis ahead of him on the grid. Car number 61, that's a road tracker racing by eeuroparts.com, started by Gavin Ernstone. And alongside him, last year's ST champion Nick Galanti in car number 23 for Fast MD Racing. Two Honda Civic TCRs will start on a row ahead at row 18 overall. Car number 73 by former series champion Mike Lamara. That's one of the two LA Honda World Racing entries. And the Hart car, the Honda America Racing Team, car number 89, started by Chad Gilsinger. Row 17 on the grid, Harry Gottsacker in the board of number 21, Brian Herter Autosport with Curb Agajanian, Hyundai Velosta NTCR. Alongside him, the Audi RS3 LMS TCR. For eeuroparts.com, Rover Racing, car number 12, Russell McDonough. Row 16, Max Faulkner, originally from the UK, for LA Honda World Racing in a Honda Civic TCR, that's car number 52. Alongside, by the way, his co-driver, Colin Mullen, he has his junior pro- high school prom tomorrow night in California, so he's got to get back for that. Alongside him on the grid, car number 54, the pole sitter at Daytona in round one this season. And that's Michael Johnson for JDC Miller Motorsports in the Audi, Audi RS3 LMS TCR. In the uh, fourth position on the grid in TCR, Shelby Blacksock. That's car number 37, the third of the LA Honda World Racing Hondas. Uh, and alongside him on the grid, third on the grid for Brian Herter Autosport with Kerbagajanian, the second of the Hyundai Veloster NTCRs, car number 98, Mark Wilkins. On the front row of the grid, second fastest in qualifying, Brian Henderson in the number 84 Atlanta Speedworks Honda Civic TCR. And on the pole position, the fourth one of his career, the second one right here at Sebring, breaking his own qualifying record from last season for JDC Miller Motorsports, making his debut this season in the number 17 Audi RS3 LMS TCR, is Britt Casey Jr. 
Moving on to the GS field. Ted Giovannis will start the Team TGM Mercedes AMG. That's car number four. Alongside him in car number 44, Mike Vess. That's a NOLA Sport Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Row 12 of the grid is Brent Mosing in car number 65 from Marilla Racing, Mercedes AMG. Alongside the Audi R8 LMS GT4 for Carbon Motorsports, Mark Siegel in car number 93. Row 11, James Pezek in the PF Racing Ford Mustang GT4. That's car number 40. Can't miss that car. It's bright pink. And car number 71, Frank Depew in a Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4. Row 10 on the grid, Alan Brynjolfsson in car number 7 for Park Place Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport alongside the uh, brand new, well it was brand new at Daytona, so just its second race for the Aston Martin AMR Vantage Automatic Racing car number 97 from Florida, Ramin Abdul Vahabi. Row 18 also from Florida, Rod Randall in the car number 59, that's the core motorsports Ford Mustang GT4. Alongside him in the car number 13, the AWA Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport of Ore Fidani from Canada. Row 8 on the grid, 16th position. Car number 8, Rodrigo Salas in the eeuroparts.com Rover Racing Audi R8. One of two such cars in the race. Alongside him, Henry Schmidt. Good effort to qualify 15th in car number 88. That's the BMW M4 GT4 run by Stephen Cameron Racing. 14th on the grid, car number 58, that's DJ Randall, Rod's son, for Core Motorsports in the Ford Mustang GT4, alongside in the similar car run by Multimatic Motorsports, former two-time NASCAR Truck Series champion Matt Crafton in car number 22. 12th on the grid is Bryce Ward in car number 57, that's a Winwood Racing HTP Motorsports AM, Mercedes AMG, alongside the similar car run by Marilla Racing, car number 56 is Jeff Mosing. 10th on the grid, making his debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Myatt Snyder, also a, a truck series regular in car number 15, the second of two Multimatic Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4s. Alongside is a Riley Motorsports Mercedes AMG, car number 35. His best qualifying effort to date is Jim Cox in car number 35. 8th on the grid, Corey Fergus in the number 69 Motorsports in Action McLaren GT4 570S. Uh, alongside the number 82, James Clay for Bimmer World Racing, a BMW M4 GT4. Sixth position on the grid, the best qualifying of the must Ford Mustang GT4s, four core motorsports, car number 60, Nate Stacey. Tyler Cook, Cook in car number two for eeuroparts.com, Rover Racing, Audi R8 will start in the fifth position. Moving on to the second row of the grid, Robbie Foley, car number 96 for Turner Motorsports, a BMW M4 GT4. The best of the Audis for Carbon Motorsports Peregrine Racing. Car number 39 is Tyler McQuarrie. will start from the third position. Onto the front row of the grid. For Compass Racing, McLaren 570S GT4. Car number 75 from Canada is Kuno Whitmer. And on the pole position, just the, the third time in his career, the first time he's been on the pole uh, in 10 years, he doesn't normally do the, take the starting, the uh, qualifying duties. But it will be the defending series champion for Team TGM. Car number 46, it's a Mercedes AMG, is Owen Trinkler, our pole sitter for today's Alan J Automotive Network 120. Thank you, Jeremy Shaw. That is the rundown of the runners and riders for the Alan J Automotive Network 120 round two of the. Uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, let's, before the cars roll off on their formation and warm-up lats, head down to the pit lane. Shea Adam, GS, big field. 
Hot day. Three, two, three stints, two pit stops. Strategy going to be absolutely key today. You might even see some cars come in and do three pit stops, John, because the big concern of the day, this heat is going to make for some wicked tire degradation. At least that's what the teams have been telling me. They don't know how this race will run on the Michelins. They are expecting it Jim. to be rough and tumble and bumpy, very much so. But all the teams are looking up and down the field going, who's going to have less tire degradation than us? Well, there's a lot of eyes toward the Carbon Autosport Audis, but also, the McLarens did a lot of work in practice and qualifying, too, on trying to preserve the tires. And in the TCR category, Shay, big field as well. 15 entries grown substantially since the introduction of this class just a year ago. A little bit of an unknown, though. So many cars out here on this bumpy Sebring circuit. The teams have done a lot of refining just to hone in on some setups to make the cars a little more balanced, a little more comfortable. But, of course, the big unknown is can it survive around Sebring? For the next couple of hours, we're going to find out. The drivers are going to have to work hard to manage it. The crews are going to have to do their job. It's extremely hot, so every time they have to come over the wall, it has to be laser-sharp focused. Can't afford to lose any time on pit lane with as close as the competition is. That is the tail of the tape, if you will, for this race coming up. And, well, what we know is, uh, book yourself uh, the next couple of hours in front of your radio, the track, or your television screen, because... It goes right to the end. 43 cars uh, listed. Let's see how many of them do get to the start with those issues that Jeremy talked about earlier on. It won't be the full complement, as we mentioned. And there's been a few teams scrambling around uh, for uh, getting bits and pieces and getting the cars sorted out. The engines have fired. We are almost ready to go racing this Friday afternoon. Wherever you are, listening on 100.9 FM around the track or the PA system or Scanner Frequency 454 or the worldwide audience joining us on the RSL network of audio and video channels in a few moments' time. We'll also link up with IMSA TV. The car's rolling out of pit lane now. We are getting ready to make this happen today. Beautiful weather, three and three-quarter mile circuits, 17 challenging corners, and the Allergy Automotive Network 120 is just a few moments away. Yesterday, in the back of the paddock, David King, the man at the head of Aston Martin Racing, pulled the covers of the first customer GT4 Aston Martin in the colours of uh, automatic racing and invisible glass, and he's been doing a lot of that lately because there's a steady stream of customers to Aston Martin and Aston Martin Racing at Gaydon. And that car has just rolled out in its bright yellow and blue colour scheme. Looking an absolute picture, that GS class car. Yeah, I think there's going to be, there are indeed 40, 41 cars. We don't see a sign of either number 33 or number 11, so great shame for them, uh, particularly for... Uh, for Russell Ward, who had a birthday just a day or two ago, so not a happy birthday for him. But uh, his son Russell, his son, excuse Scott. me, that, that's Russell. Russell's a son, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's Russell that had the crash yesterday. But his father did a great job to qualify in twelfth position. That's Bryce Ward in car number fifty-seven. Interesting to me, though. Look at the lap time turned yesterday by 
Rick Casey Jr. in qualifying. Two minutes, 13.7. That would have put him 15th overall yes. on the grid. He won't be there, of course, no. because the GS field will start ahead. The whole GS field will start ahead of the whole TCR field. So that might cause a little bit of an interesting first few corners. It is quite twisty early on, and the TCR car is very nimble in terms of how it gets through those twistier corners, and they may well just catch the GS field. Sound and vision coming together live from Sebring. It's the Alan J Automotive Network 120, and it's sunshine to get things underway here at Sebring. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Could not be a better day to go motor racing. A picture perfect afternoon as the weekend of the 67th running of the Mobile One. 12 hours of Sebring is beckoning, but it's Friday afternoon racing that takes our attention right now. We're in Central Florida. And the hallowed ground, hallowed concrete of Sebring International Raceway, 17 corners, 3.75 miles. And the names, well, they tell it all. Le Mans Curve, Gurney Bend, Fangio Chicane. All of those corners mean something when it comes down to motor racing. The action areas at the awesomely scary and fast turn one into the hairpin at turn seven in front of the hotel and down at 17. It's called sunset. That won't be a problem for us here, but there is a passing opportunity if you're brave on the undulations of this concrete circuit that was once, of course, an airfield for training field for World War II bomber pilots. That's what it started life as. And an intrepid bunch of enthusiasts in the 1950s decided it would make a great motor racing circuit. So they marked one out with barrels. And all of a sudden, endurance racing down here in Florida was born. It took the interest of a number of different series, including the early years of the Grand Prix, the US Grand Prix, also here as well. But sports cars has always been an integral part of the history here of Sebring. And that's why it's great to be back here for this IMSA-sanctioned weekend. And one of the development series, the second rung, if you will, of the IMSA ladder series, just one down from the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, is the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. With a great field of GS GT4 cars to those of you in the international parlance and TCR, a full international formula for two litre front wheel drive touring cars. It's fast, it's frenetic, there's enough strategy. People say two hours isn't, uh, it isn't really an endurance race. I say, fa to you. Absolutely it is, pa. It is an endurance race and strategy here will play out. She Adam telling us in our countdown to Green, Jeremy, that it might be as many as three pit stops as far as the GS cars are concerned because of the worry about tyre wear and degradation and the performance drop-off. Yeah, I, I certainly they have enough fuel certainly to do on two pit stops, particularly if there's any cautious. I would expect two. They can do about 40, 42, 43, 44 minutes perhaps of green flag running in GS. So I would expect two. Uh, TCR is just one. But again, you, you're right. The tyre wear certainly is a factor. And if there are caution periods, that might uh, give some teams an opportunity to change their strategies and maybe make an extra stop for some tyres. They've been uh, careful to look after their uh, allocation 
uh, as this week has progressed. You know, one interesting thing that the in years past in IMSA competition, the two classes were kind of split by there was a the the, the uh, secondary class was start some way behind the primary class. Mm. Last couple of years, however, that's not been the case. The TCR cars therefore will start line up directly behind the GS cars on the grid, and that certainly, as we just alluded to a few moments ago, that is going to cause some tricky situations in the in the opening stages of this race. We've got some young chargers in those TCR cars, and they're going to be quite a bit quicker than some of the gentlemen drivers at the back of the GS field. Uh, and don't forget, later on, we'll be asking you for your uh, nominations for the Spirit of the Race Award, the Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award here in the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge. Hasta- hashtag is Forge Line, F-O-R-G-E-L-I-N-E-S-O-T-R. Whether you're here at the track or further afield, start thinking about that. We're looking for the individual, the team, the entity that most, in your view, displays the spirit of endurance racing. Hashtag Forge Line, S-O-T-R, at IMSA Radio, please. And uh, we'll let you know before the end of the race who has caught your eye today. There'll be plenty of stories to play out here as far as the race is concerned as we line up the Corvette safety car, or pace car as it is now, will peel off in the pit lane and the field will be under the control of the man, one of the two men that won the championship last year, Jeremy. Yeah, the great brief on board there from Nate Stacey, the 19-year-old from Owasso, Oklahoma, qualified in sixth position, the fastest of the Fords. This is going to be spectacular. Get ready, we're ready to go green. Take a deep breath. Pull down your belts if you're in the cars. Shuffle to the edge of your seat if you're watching. Owen Trinkler puts the right foot down and clears off towards turn number one. It's a copy boot start in the AMG GT4 Mercedes. Turns into turn one and he's got clear daylight and coming through from the second row. Tyler McQuarrie follows the pole man and immediately gets in the second position. I did think the McLaren might made a, make a little better start than that, but traditionally we've seen the McLarens not so quick. Remember at uh, Daytona, supporting the Rolex 24 weekend, Jeremy, the McLaren, super quick, qualified on pole position, quick on the straights, but couldn't quite get the tyres up to temperature and couldn't hold on to the big lead they were getting on the fast parts of the circuit. 50 kilos of weight added to the McLaren 570S GT4 cars after Daytona to bring them more in line with the performance of the other cars here. Uh, Because of that, McLaren drivers have to be pretty careful not to burn off those tyres. 100 kilos uh, heavier than many of the other cars on the grid, the Mercedes and the BMWs around them. So they do have to manage their their tyre wear just a little bit more. Challenge for the lead straight away. The Audi's come up the pace quickly, hasn't it? The number 39, Audi R8, Tyler McQuarrie with that bright green stripe on the side. Owen Trinkler didn't fight that one too much. That was smart driving by the man from Nashville. That's how you win a championship. And off already, the 44 car, the Mike Vest Porsche has gone off. And there's one of the Honda TCRs in there as well. This is down at turns. Oh, and Roy Block. And Roy Block in the Alfa Romeo Giulia, the black number five car. So there's been action early on, at least a couple of the TCRs, and I believe there's a Porsche off. Now, whether that's in the same incident, one of the uh, the 44 Porsche came in GT4, I think that might have been a separate incident. Yes, it is. Turn six for the Porsche, and this is further round for the two TCR cars. There's a spinning... Oh, I see what happened there. The Honda went around and then picked up by the Julia as it came on the scene later on. Still under green at the moment. Three wide going into turn 17. We're about to go to full course yellow. 
And the drivers have just been told that and they've all backed off. Well, you've got to feel sorry for Roy Block in the five. Black and Tricolore coloured Alpha. He was caught up, I think, in someone else's accident. He's managed to get it going again. And if he gets going quickly, he might just be able to get back round without losing a lap. Oh, I don't think... It's trying. And it's the 73 LA Honda World car. Now, that one has got moving again. I think that was the one that started the incident, if I'm honest. A lot of dust being thrown up. There's... Oh, there's left rear damage to the Honda. Yeah, it was the Honda that went around and a couple of cars were very close to it. And then we got a huge impact, which has taken off the left rear wheel of the Honda. Uh, it was the left front of the Julia that made contact. Uh, left rear suspension Shame. is absolutely destroyed on that car. That's a great shame for those guys. They were had high hopes for this weekend, Jeremy. Well, yeah, Roy Block, I uh, saw him just on going on his way out to the grid. That car did not qualify because they had a uh, an electrical problem. The, he said the brain of the car wasn't working. Uh, the car, not the driver. The driver didn't get a chance to go out there. Uh, but uh, he, he said the car's feeling really, really good. He was looking forward to the race. He'd already made up four or five positions on that early lap. We can see a lot of damage to the uh, left rear of Mike Lamara's car number 73. So that's uh, car's not. You might get it back to the pits, but I don't think it's going to go much further after that. Mike Lamara, the champion in uh, the ST division back in 2013. That electrical issue you were referring to, Jeremy, I just spoke um, with Barbara Burns, who we know from Risi Competizioni, and helping us out with uh, with that organization. And she just passed along a note to me that the problem they were having with those Alfa Romeos was in the ECU. And they actually reached out to Risi Competizioni. Giuseppe sent one of his mechanics down here to Sebring on Friday with new ECU so that they could install them in the cars and make the green flag today. Obviously, um, not the way they wanted to see that number five... Um, um, end up. However, there was a lot of effort put forth, hoping for a strong resort. Yeah, and Risi Competizioni does run one of these Alphas in the uh, in the Blanc series over here for TCR, uh, but uh, not, they're not running here this weekend. But they are the uh, they look after the cars in this country. I, I was I was right. There was a, a Porsche incident, and is the Mike Vest the Vest Energy Group Porsche came and he's out of the car. But that was a separate incident. I fancy there slightly further back around. The circuit and the Alf, both the both of those cars, ironically, with left rear damage uh, that uh, were involved, the two TCR cars. And I, I, I have to say, I think the drivers have done a great job getting them back. But all they've done is saved themselves a walk back. Mm. Various pieces of bodywork and uh, bits of. Uh, undercarriage of those cars are falling off so both of those cars now in the pit lane and we'll get a report from Shea and Jamie but I, I can't honestly see either of those getting back out if truth be told there'll be no pass around we'll do the class sprint and we'll get straight back to it Shea it's actually a very well handling uh, Honda, but it is going to go straight back to the garage. And he's trying to go through the first cutout and following him straight through is the Alpha. So they are going to be running line astern back to the garage area. They are going to try and do some work to the car and see if they can't repair it. Um, Matt Pombo is still up on the pit box with his headgear on. And they do have their fuel line, but they're doing that terrible thing where they run the fuel all the way down to the end of the probe as if they realize that this could just be day over. 
Oh yeah, the training, the training, the uh, exactly the, the pipe. Yes, I see what you mean. Uh, Mike Vess's car needs a flatbed, so there's something gone awry there very early on. That Porsche 718 came, and it's not been a happy weekend for the new Porsche GT4 Club Sports. He didn't even get to the Corvette Bridge, so in fact, it was it was a little previous. It was probably coming out of five just before he gets into Big Bend, really. And we've lost already six minutes of racing. Now, the question for me is, did he jump or was he pushed? Meantime, the 93 Audi in trouble as well. Now, has he gone to the pit lane early on? Or is he just stalled on the track? Uh, that car was started by Mark Siegel. And he, he stalled on the way into the pit. He hasn't managed even to get it into the pit. He's got it going now. He's done the old three-fingered salute and gets it going. There's damage to the... Ro- ah, now, CSI Sebring here. Detective Inspector Hindoff. Uh, actually, that was my dad, not me. But there's damage to the left-hand side of that car. Has that car been in contact with a Porsche? Question mark, Jeremy Shaw. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they started in... Uh in pretty close proximity because Mike Vest was directly behind Mark Seal at the start of the race. He qualified the number 93 car in 23rd position. Mike Vest in the 25th position in car number 44. So, yeah, I think you might be right. And uh, that's uh, certainly unfortunate for both of those two enthusiasts. Well, it was, as you say, close quarters racing early on. The Audi got went very, very wide going into big bend. The Nola Sport... Vess Energy Group, number 44, Porsche. Oh, dear, that's a lot of damage to Mm -hmm. the front and the right-hand front of that car. In fact, all the way down the right-hand side, there is marks on that car. Do I see a bit of grey paint on there? I think I might do, you know. I think there's been a bit of side-by-side contact there between the Audi and that Porsche, and the Porsche has exited stage left for them and come into heavy contact with the wall just before the new drive over bridge not the way you want to start your Sebring race weekend no horrid such uh, such a disappointment uh, for, for both of us Mark Siegel he's pretty new to the sport but he's one of the team principals at uh, Carbine Autosport and, and Peregrine Racing they're running out of California Steve Dynan is, is the other major player there well one, one of the other major players uh, and uh, they are came here really well prepared Mark's just starting out in the sport he's he was due to drive the number 93 car with uh, Tom Dyer, who's very experienced and very, very quick. But uh, as we've seen, the, 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 sister, the good news for that team is the sister car, having uh, a great start from my, Tyler McQuarrie in car number 39, is leading the race. But the 93 car, I think uh, probably we won't be seeing again. And Brian Herta Autosport here this weekend with the Hyundai Veloster in the TCR category. Second race after the world debut, Michael Lewis, you're in the number 98 you share with uh, Mark Wilkins. How different is the car this weekend versus when it made its global debut at Daytona? Yeah, for sure. This uh, awesome Hyundai Veloster and TCR race car is a little bit more developed in terms of, you know, suspension. We did some uh, tests a couple days ago here and uh, really fine-tuned the setup. But, I mean, the, the base setup is right right away really good. So we just kind of did some normal tests. And I think, you know, suspension-wise, we improved a bit. So uh, Mark Wilkins got a good start there. Just I saw him being a bit conservative. It's a long race. So let's try to keep uh, keep our car safe and, and our teammates right there with us. So it's uh, so far so good for Hyundai and our Veloster ends. The nature of the Sebring circuit is that it likes to eat race cars, really. With this being such a new car, a new platform, how concerned are you with the longevity? 
For sure. I mean, you're always a little bit concerned, especially when you're in the heat of the battle and you have to do a long run of about, you know, 50 minutes to an hour. But uh, from our experience, you know, at Daytona, we realize this Velocirend is, you know, pretty good on tires. So, you know, maybe we're not outright the fastest, but if you be smart and save those tires, maybe at the end of the race we can come back. Look forward to see what you guys can do today and for the rest of the season. Thank you. Shay? Colin Mullen is a true rookie to Sebring International Raceway in the number 52 LA Honda World Civic. How's your first time here been so far? Yeah, first time at Sebring. Uh, yeah, the bumps are, you know, really something to get used to, especially through turn 17. Um, yeah, we spent most of practice just fine-tuning some problems with the car, but we got everything sorted out for today. Qualifying, Max did an awesome job and uh, put it on six, which is the best the car has been all weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to a good race today. Unfortunately, our team car, the 73 LA Honda World Racing car, got um, hit. Not sure exactly what happened there, but... Uh, it's such a shame to see one of our team cars out already, but we'll still uh, try to bring home another 1-2 finish for the uh, LA Honda World this weekend. Trying really hard to make today good because, as I understand it, tomorrow is your prom, but you live back out in California, so you've got quite a bit of work to do to get back there. Uh, have you picked out your suit yet, and are you just going to wear a Nomex fire suit? Yeah, you know, if I could wear a Nomex fire suit, I'm sure I, I'm sure I would, but uh, yeah, hopefully my uh, tuxedo rental will be all set for tomorrow, but it'll be a busy day for sure. Well, hopefully you can't wear your fire suit because at the end of the day, it smells a bit like champagne or apple cider. Good luck. Thank you very much. Which would have meant, of course, that he had been on the podium. Thank you, ladies. Uh, an hour and 48 still to go. We've not really even had a full green flag lap, have we? But I think we've got the, I think we've got the safety car lights out on that it is still the Audi of Tyler McQuarrie who is leading. Colin Mullen by the way he'll have his 17th birthday uh, next Tuesday Yeesh. Don't <laughs> just don't go there Yeah, really talented young guy and he, you know, he's, he's, he's sharing that uh, number uh, 52 car with Max Faulkner another youngster who's uh, actually just turned 21 uh, last well, one week ago, last Friday, uh, he's from lives now in Rumson, New Jersey. Does Max Fortner, but originally from Portsmouth in England, he moved here with his family about uh, ten years ago. His fa his father is in the uh, financial world, and as uh, Max was telling me just a little while ago, he's kind of moved all the way around the world during his young life. He said even before he he knew anything about it, he'd been to uh, South Africa and Hong Kong, uh, but home is now in the uh, New Jersey area and. Max is a talented young guy. He came up through the uh, Global MX-5 Cup Series and uh, he's uh, qualified well that car this weekend. Just his, uh, his, uh, you're getting his feet wet in these TCR cars. But I think two guys there with a pretty right future. Of course, Max drove last year in ST uh, and did a really good job as well. He uh, started off his racing in karting, then moved to the Monticello uh, um, country club school in upstate new york so he's got a fair bit of driving under his belt for another uh, another youngster and looking to make his mark here so we're going to go back to green doesn't it we are indeed with an hour and 47 minutes call it as we go back to green tyler mcquarrie then leads them across the line owen trinkler follows him off to the left hand side the right hand side of the track rather before making the left hand turn down the inside it's another fast starting mid-engined car but this time one of the McLarens that's coming through as we almost get three wide coming out of the first corner Audi, Mercedes, McLaren there's your top three 61 car didn't sound very nice no as it went through there it Sounds was the like plug lead off it was Corey Fergus who was trying to make up ground there back in the pack in the 
white and blue, number 69, McLaren. And he's having a go immediately on the number two, Tyler Cook, Audi R8, going round Big Ben, turn six, under the mobile one, walk over bridge. He's got through as well. It's been a brilliant restart. Can he hold on to it? Side by side at the turn seven with right in behind them, the 6-0, that's one of the Ford Mustangs. In fact, it's the best place of the Ford Mustangs GT4 with Nate Stacey on board. He's got a great view of the back of the two and 69, the Audi and the McLaren as they go through the sweepers and head up towards the braking area, turn eight. And uh, the McLaren has gone through there yeah. for Corey Fergus and he defended into... Uh, turn number eight. Good respect there among the drivers. Very number good. two and number 69. Side by side through the hairpin. It's not easy to do uh, down there. But as you can see from the, as we could see from the onboard, the McLaren just had a little bit more straight line speed. They were pretty level coming out of the corners. Oh. At the end of that straight, oh. though, the McLaren was able to edge ahead of the uh, BMW. Rahman Abdul-Vahabi has gone off. And the brand new Aston Martin number 97 is a little the worse for wear with I think damage on the right hand side it's been a very very robust few laps just lost it on his own coming out <laughs> of turn number eight spun up the back wheels coming off the restart gets a bit of contact with the right hand side also going off the Riley Motorsports car yeah. the wind sponsored Mercedes AMG was the uh, 97 car going off at the exit of turn 10 and a penalty as well being assessed for a jump start on that restart as the leading cars complete a green flag lap the drive-through penalty assessed for the number 40 40 car and that car's come in immediately for James Pesek the Ford Mustang BMW battle out on the circuit the Bimmer World number 82, Optima Batteries cars, goes up inside the 96 from Turner Motorsport. A little bit of uh, inter-Bavarian battling there as they went through turns 3, 4, 5 and now into the big bend at turn 6. They're scrapping over 4th and 5th position, which has just gone to the 82 cars. They break down into the hairpin at turn 7. Man on the move at the minute for me is Corey Fergus. He's set seal yeah. from Tyler Cook when he passed him last time around just a lap ago in that spot yeah. and he's pulled out a second and a half he's clearly got that McLaren up to speed very quickly indeed yeah, he has we saw nothing of the McLarens through the practice but all of a sudden he qualifying bang they're right there they've been concentrating on their race pace uh, and looks like they've got it because Corey is moving his way forward pretty rapidly interesting a little bit further down the pack there's an interesting battle going on for 16th and 17th place that's the two Ford Mustangs number 58 59 it's uh, DJ Randall who leads his father Rod but they're absolutely nose to tail as they came past here last time and that's going to be fun to watch uh, and in TCR uh, the initial start Brian Henderson got the jump on Britt Casey Jr the pole sitter but on this first lap of green flag racing after the restart Britt has managed to redress that balance so it's number 17 car for JDC Miller Motorsports is ahead in, that's the hour ahead of the Honda of uh, Atlanta Speedworks kind of 84 so let's uh, see how this settles down as the BMW from Turner Motorsport goes to drivers right down the back straight and that's because Corey Lewis was in behind there couldn't see it behind uh, that car because it is so much smaller and so much low, lower and uh, Corey Fergus sorry uh, behind that car 
did he make the pass down into turn 17? I'll tell you in a second as he comes through. Yes, he did. So that's another mistake. Another mistake. Another place made up by Corey Fergus in the fifth place now. Number 69, McLaren GT4. And McLaren Philadelphia let out a little whoop and holler. Uh, before it all kicks off again, let's get a little more from the pit lane. Here's Jamie Howe. One of the Gander Outdoor Truck Series drivers, Grant Enfinger, currently leading the points championship after three races over there. But this is your first sports car race. Which are you most nervous about, going into turn one once you get in or doing that driver change? Definitely the driver swap. That's uh, something we don't rush into in the NASCAR world. But uh, it's definitely going to be exciting. Uh, I'm sure turn one and turn 17 will be exciting once I'm out there. But, yeah, a little anxious on this driver swap. It's all part of the Ford Driver Development Program. How much have you learned here this weekend? It's unbelievable. So we've learned a lot. I feel like, uh, you know, Canada and Mossport is so important for us in our truck series race. Um, but I feel like we're learning a lot of good habits here this weekend. And uh, hopefully we can transfer a lot over. But uh, more than that, just having a good time. We'll look for those good habits uh, next weekend also in Martinsville. Thank you. Yeah, on the paper clip at Martinsville next weekend for the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Great battling in the midfield in the early part of the lap, the TCR battle, Oops. and there was contact between the oh, EU reports, one of the EU reports, uh, Audi, and the number 89 Hart, the red, white, and black Honda Civic. And uh, those guys were uh, battling. That was Mark Siegel. No, it wasn't. Excuse me. It was uh, Russ McDonough in the number 12 TCR Audi who came into contact with the number 89 of Chad Gilsinger, that Honda Civic. And that was the battle for 7th and 8th in TCR. Into the pit lane, the number 61 Audi. That's been misfiring since the restart. Yeah, and they've had... uh, I've had a couple of reports from people out on the circuit that it had to stop and do a bit of a reset. So that car into pit lane, and unless it's a very quick fix, and by that I mean literally just refasting maybe a plug lead, Gavin Emstone is going to drop off the lead lap in class. The leader is still Tyler McQuarrie by about a second from Owen Trinkler. Then a bit of a gap, two seconds, back to James Clear and the me. M4 uh, GT4 BMW number 82. Then the two McLarens now. Kuno Whitmer, who's been there for a while, started on the front row that 75 car, but he's got Corey Fergus bearing down on him in the lighter coloured version of that McLaren, the number 69 car. That's your top five at the moment. But great battling all the way down the field with still an hour and 40 minutes to go. 100 minutes of racing still remain of the Alan J Automotive Network 120. Friday afternoon racing on the concrete, on the asphalt and in front of a huge crowd here at Sebring. A little bit of a wide exit from the first corner for Brent Morsing in the 65 Mercedes. He's right in front. He's the last of the big gaggle of GS cars in 21st position. He's right in front of the lead battle for TCR. The pole man, Britt Casey Jr., right in behind him. Then it's Brian Henderson in the dark coloured... Well, it's not, actually. The fact that the TCR guys have, must have gone through him because it's the number 12 that's sitting in there. Is he a lap down already? No, he can't be. Oh, Oops, straight geez. on at turn seven for uh, one of the Audis. will make the fence at the end. It's the 23 car of Nick Galante. Now, you don't see Nick making a mistake very often. The purple, uh, black and silver car has managed to get all the way down to the old hairpin and went in mainly backwards. 
There'll be some damage to the right rear of that car, but hardly anything. My, he's been lucky there, Jeremy. He has. That was really odd. He looks like he got out on the dirty part of the track there and and he kind of elected to go straight to get the car slowed down. But as he went into the braking area, he kind of lost it and the car spun around. But it wasn't a heavy impact, certainly, with the tyres. He might have got away with it, but it certainly going to cost him a lot of ground. Yeah, I see what I saw there. That was Ted Giovannis who was back oh, there yes. uh, in the number four, the multicoloured Mercedes AMG so that was uh, Russ McDonough Harry Gottsacker and Nick Galanti who were having the battle behind him in with the Honda as well uh, earlier on there was a bit of a contact that included Chad Gilsing and that has been reviewed no further action, robust from the Audi but it goes through and yes Nick Galant did get his left hand Michelin's on the grass as he was gaining very quickly on the cars ahead of him and did manage to get to the tyre barriers but they've dissipated the energy of the impact then just a few moments ago out of turn 16 a walk on the wild side and a ride onto the grass massively off to drivers left for the 71 that's the Rebel Rock Racing car oh that's such a shame for the team and for that 71 Camaro now the oh left front steering arm broken so was the contact there before that car speared off drive it slowly and you might get it back to the pit lane but it's going to be very tough indeed to get any kind of steering into that it's Frank Depew who has done a masterful job and he's actually used the exit of the FIA WEC pit lane to get that car off the track that is very respectful driving from Frank Depew and I doff my hat to him we stay green with still an hour and 36 to go Jeremy Shaw yeah new fastest laps each of the last two laps by our race leader Tyler McQuarrie one uh, two minutes 12.73 last time around that is a new lap record uh, for the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge the old lap record was set last year by Spencer Pompelli in a Porsche came in two minutes 13.2 so really good pace here top three cars uh, on the last lap all of them quicker than the old lap record Owen Trinkler about a second and a bit back in second position James Clay a really good start in camera 82 from seventh on the grid into third position but then re- close behind him both of the McLarens now this is Brett Morsing with the leader of TCR behind him in the metallic tangerine number 65 with the white bonnet and he has just held up uh, Casey Junior for a moment. The pole sitter, Brian Henderson, is right there with the Honda number 84. Shelby Blackstock in another Honda not too far away. He's coming through now and will try to go down the inside of the AMG GT4. But he can't make that happen. So the two leaders are just going to get away from him a little bit. That'll be a bit frustrating for Blackstock, who will hand over to Tom O'Gorman, of course. Goes to driver's right and tries to get back Brett, past Brett Mosing. But that Mercedes is very quick indeed on the straight. Then it's the eggshell blue Hyundai Veloster N in the hands of Mark Wilkins, who's really got the grips with that new TCR car very well indeed. Flash of the lights from Shelby Blackstock in this frustrating frustration now in the body language of car and driver of the third place TCR car, mainly white with the blue accents on that LA Honda World Honda Civic and he's got pressure now from behind now that uh, Mark Wilkins has caught up with him and he's trying to put a move on him further back down behind 
the next GS car. That is going to be a huge gaggle of cars there that are all being uh, held up behind some of the faster GS cars that are recovering through, including the Audi of uh, Rodrigo Sales, the number eight car. Yeah, well, they're all running the same similar sort of pace because the TCR guys are a little bit quicker, actually, than the Audi at this stage. So the Audi is pretty quick on the straights, but in the braking areas and in the corners, the TCR cars gobble them up. And the red, white and black heart Honda has just made up a position. Remember, Chad Gilsinger was rather unceremoniously punted off at turn three. Well, he's just got back ahead of the Kieran O'Rourke Audi. And he's now in behind the darker-coloured Hyundai. That's the Harry Gottsacker number 21 car. It's all action this early running, isn't it? Let's head further up the field. Nate Stacey having a look on Tyler Cook. Tries to go around the outside. BMW in there as well. Robbie Foley side-by-side side with that. And I think the Mustang just goes through. Yes, it does. So he's back on the tail of... Tyler Cook in that white and blue number two Audi just ahead of him then it's the black and red McLaren of Kuno Whitmer and Corey Fergus has got by Kuno Whitmer up into fourth position we said Fergus was the man on the move from the start Jeremy and he's up to fourth place off has gone the 54 Michael Johnson from fifth position in TCR and that's at turn 17 you don't normally have a small off there came in, turned to the right, everything looks okay, and then the back end comes around, snaps away, gets on the brakes, but zero rear braking there, the fronts were locked, the rears were not, and that was just pure physics with the back end braking away, there was no way Michael was going to get that back, even if he floored the accelerator, and if that car doesn't get moving, we could have a, another safety car intervention, no, it has got going, I suspect it will peel into the pit lane with damage to the driver's side, the left-hand side of that car, I've not been able to take a full breath since we went back green. What's going on, lads? Yeah. Come on. Uh, and a new uh, lap record there for the second-place car of Owen Trinkler. The Mercedes car number 46, one minute twelve, uh, 2 minutes 12.522. As Michael Johnson brings that number 54 car onto pit lane. Boy, he's had no luck this season. Shea Adam is down there. All the damage, I think, is on the opposite side from the pit wall, Shea. It is. Uh, the tow link on the front left looks like it's pushed in at sort of an odd angle. But the mechanic who came around to look at the left rear first off sees something in behind the wheel that he doesn't like. And he has signaled to the rest of the guys, no, 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 it's the left rear. That's going to be the cause of issue. But, yeah, the door massively pushed in. I'm not entirely sure this car is going to be coming back out, gentlemen. And Nick Gallant just left pit lane in that number 23 machine we saw with the, the rear contact earlier. Uh, four IMSA pit lane officials came over. That's what I took away from this repair work. Their job is not to assess penalties. Their job is to make sure everybody stays safe. And that's exactly what they were doing. They reminded the team, if you have to go under it to check anything out, you, you've got to put the jack stands underneath it. They were pulling people away. They're making sure everybody stayed safe and cautious while conducting that repair work. A little bit of a delay in getting the, the jacks uh, to go back in. They still they left one of those stands underneath it by mistake. So, nonetheless, Nick is out. They did go down a couple of laps, but they're still going to make up some time here. 
the brake disc is leaking fluid, which means that there is a hole in the line to the left rear brake, uh, and it's actually spurting out fluid when Michael just applied some pressure to the brake hand controls that he has. So that will be a massive issue that they need to fix if they try to get this car back out. Explains why he didn't have any retardation, and as the black was coming around, he tried to lock up the front, but wasn't getting enough pressure, I don't think. So cause or effect, we may never know, but I would think... That might have been an issue before Michael went in there. He just didn't. He wasn't even able to lock the wheels up on that car once it went sideways. Share Adam there before that. Uh, Jamie Howe reporting on Nick Gallant's Audi, which went backwards into the tyres at the hairpin and actually went to the old part of the hairpin. 90 minutes still to go. Let's see if we can settle down into a bit of racing here, shall we? Number two, Audi is Tyler Cook, and right behind him. Here's the number 60 Ford Mustang GT4, Nate Stacey, following him through the Jean de Bian Benz on the far side of the circuit from us in beautiful, beautiful early spring weather here as they head towards the final right-hander of this section and onto the long back straight. Yeah, and Nate Stacey, he fell back from 6th to 8th uh, at the start, but he's made up uh, positions on each of the last two laps, so right up now into 6th place in that n number 2 car, uh, he is challenging as they come down the back straight and Nate Stacey to the inside line trying to make a move on that number two Audi of Tyler Cook coming to turn 17. Yes, through he goes. Coming through turn 17. These GT4 cars quite... Oh, and into the pits. Very early stop for Tyler Cook. We've only been running for something in the region of... Uh, what, half an hour? 23 car, by the way, will have to come back down pit lane. Wheel rotation whilst it was on the tracks. Jacks, that will be a run back through pit lane. So what's this for the number two? Is this a penalty as well? I think it might be. It doesn't seem to have pulled into its pit. And... Ah, no, his pit is on the other side of the bridge. Now I see the arrow, and it has come down to a pit stop. Well, this is very early for a regular stop shot. Very early indeed. They have the fuel nozzle attached, and they do not appear to be changing the Michelin tires on this Audi. So fuel only, perhaps to try and get uh, that car off strategy a little bit early. Tyler Cook is staying behind the wheel of the number eight E-Euro Parts Rover Racing Audi. The fuel prop is out, and Tyler is gone. Has to turn sharp left to go through the RFID readers at the end of pit lane. Otherwise, he'd been called for a penalty. That's very interesting indeed, Jeremy. To me, top that car up now and go longer into the race. Came out of a decent position. And heading towards, uh, back, onto the, back onto the track, he will have... Dropped into a bit of clear air there, so he might be able to make some decent lap times. Well, he might, uh, and uh, he's obviously thinking that from here, with an hour and a half, just under an hour and a half remaining, he can get to the end of this race with just a one more pit stop. So he's is he going to go a lap down to the lead, the overall lead? Whoa. Okay, that's number 93 car that spun. I was going to say, it wasn't the leading car, was it, that spun? No, it was uh, Mark Siegel who spun directly in uh, in front of the number two car as wow. it was coming out of the pit lane. That was a bit of a hairy Turn moment. And, uh, and it's Kenton Cook who's taken over the wheel of that number two Audi. That would have cost him a no, few no. seconds. No, there was no driver change. Oh, the driver, okay, the thing's wrong. Definitely then. no driver change, although it has changed on our screen. Jeremy is right, but there was definitely... Never even looked like it was coming out. Uh, 93 car has been in the wars then. 
with the damage to the left-hand side of that car where we believe it came into contact with the Mike Vest Porsche. Got very sideways coming through that area. Mike Vest's car has been taken back to the paddock, but I don't think we'll see that one today. Needs a bit of remedial work. There's a big hole in the driver's door and the number panel on that number 93 Audi. But, uh, that car then has rejoined with more fuel and another problem for a TCR car this time it's the number 10 and that's Kieran O'Rourke in the Europarts Europarts rubber racing motor oil sponsored machine and he's not getting that back is he? he's pulled off the circuit to drivers right right over on the far side of the circuit right next to in Marshall's post so Lee Carpentier not getting a drive at the moment with Kieran O'Rourke having pulled that car up. Mm. It's down at turn 13, so as I say, right on the far side of the circuit. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, once again, as at Daytona, reliability amongst these TCR cars doesn't seem to be terribly good, which is a surprise because they're used to running long-distance races in all sorts of other series around the world. Uh, Daytona, I think there are only four of the... 14 cars that finished actually at the chequered flag at the end of the four hour race and already in this event we've had uh, three or four of them having some sort of an issue so that's certainly disappointing but uh, the lead in TCR still held by Brit, held by Brit Casey Jr. in the pole sitting car number 17 the Audi but only a second or so behind him are the, the pair of Hondas driven by Brian Henderson for Atlanta Speedworks and Shelby Blacksock in the number uh, 37 car for LA Honda World and also in the mix there well, back a little bit on the last lap, but he's basically right there with him is Mark Wilkins in the best of the, of the Brown Herder Autosport Hyundai's kind of a 98. First two, though, are pulling away from the third place BMW of James Clay. Number 75, McLaren. That's oh. slipping, slipping back pretty quickly. So the 93 Audi's dear goes from bad to worse. Mark Siegel confirmed behind the wheel of that car. Kenton Cook still on the wall, and in fact, it's back to Mark Siegel's name. Mark's having a bit of an odd day today. He's just been assessed as a unsafe re-entry to the track, so he will be getting a drive-through penalty. So gets another chance to come through the pit lane. Uh, excuse me, sorry. This is the 93 car. Yeah, unsafe re-entry. So I wonder if that was when he it came... Was unsafe, unsafe exit, to be fair, as well. Yeah, well... When he spun off the road directly in front of a car coming out of the pits. Yes. Sorry. And that was the two car that was coming out. Mark Siegel's name definitely alongside that car. The number two uh, now has Tyler Cook's name back alongside it as well. That was the car that briefly had uh, teleported Kenton Cook into it. But definitely not the case so that was uh, the 93 spinning right in front of the number two and we'll have to come back into the pit lane Audi R8 Tyler McQuarrie leads 39 ahead of 46 the TGM Owen Trinkler car lovely run for the 39 that's the actually absolute 180 degree opposite isn't it of the problems that it's team car the 93's been having Mark Siegel way down, 22nd in class and 30th. But the team car, Tyler McQuarrie leading by 1.2 seconds from last year's champion, 
Owen Trinkler, Hugh Plum still to get in that car at some stage in the future. 46 in second then. M4 GT4 BMW 82, James Clay, another five seconds further back. Yeah, and uh, actually the gap stabilised last two or three laps has been about the same between uh, first and second and second and third, but the fourth place car, Corey Fergus, is definitely slipping further back uh, from the BMW that's running third. And the McLaren Economy 69 is ahead towards turn one, is under increasing pressure from Nate Stacey, who's the best place of the Fords, and doing a re really nice job in car number 60. Number 75, McLaren, by the way, slipping back down the order. It qualified on the front row, now down into the uh, uh, eighth position. Now, we were expecting, Jeremy, the bulk of the, the GS cars to break this race into approximately three sections. So yep. pitting somewhere around about 38 to 40 minutes. Yeah, of course, we've had a bit... three minutes is, is yeah. a sort of setting. Is, that's what uh, IMSA officials are looking... But they, they, they mandate the size of the fuel tank, i.e. how much fuel you can put in, uh, and they monitor all the fuel consumption. And the goal is to get the GS cars all running around about 42, 43 minutes on a tank of fuel. However, we've had a, the intervention of the yes, Corvette safety car. So everybody will be saving fuel like mad. Don't forget as well, the number two Audi came in off strategy, pitted last on lap 13. So just a couple of laps ago. And... So I would think we've probably got another three or four laps, perhaps, before we see the cars have to make their pit stops. Of course, something happens on track before then. Uh, all bets are off. Change of position in TCR. Harry Gottsacker under pressure from Chad Gilsinger. I think he managed to get through. Meantime, the 88 BMW has gone off track. Not without a bit of help, though. Is it? Assistance, that huh? was uh, a little assistance from DJ Randall on Harry Schmidt. The 88 BMW GT4 facing the wrong direction and looking a little more dusty, but it has got back on the circuit. But that'll be looked at by race control. As DJ stuck his nose in where it certainly wasn't wanted. Hearing from Jamie that at her end of the pit lane, some of the GS teams are starting to take a little bit of interest They'll be just keeping an eye on what's going on on the track, particularly when people start flying off the track. You're right in the window here. If there was a full course caution now, of course, everybody would come. You're trying to get in before it was called. In comes the 75 McLaren from Compass Racing. That's Kuno Whitmer, who's into the pit lane. And if this will be a driver change. We've done 40 minutes. And Kuno is out fuel going in it should be the fuel that is the deciding factor here should be able to get driver and four Michelin's changed Kuno is done the scissor door goes down right side tyres done and Jimmy has the 73 as well yes scheduled stop here as well uh, Brent Nielsen now out of the car Trent Hinman getting strapped in with the belts um, at the moment, four new Michelin tires, a fuel going in, so Trent will take it to the checkered flag at this point in the race. 
We saw that American flag helmet go in. Remember, Trent just earned the pole position in the GT Daytona category for tomorrow's 12 hours of Sebring. He's riding a bit of a high right now. I saw his mom and his dad out on the grid earlier today. Big smiles all around. Trent's ready to get in and make something of this race. That's the Vault Racing bright yellow car that is uh, run by Patrick Lindsay's Park Place team. A man who is expanding his interests in motor racing. Good to see them making that alliance. Leader coming round. Does he pit now or does he risk going longer in the race? You don't want to get caught on the wrong side of a yellow flag. But then again, the longer you can go into the race now, it might stand you in good stead later on. The reason these cars are coming in, Jeremy, is because Trent Hinman is rolling, by the way, in that bright, almost... Uh, Highlight the marker coloured Porsche uh, Cayman 718 GT4 Club Sport. Uh, the reason these guys are coming in now, Jeremy, is because if you started with your uh, lesser ranked driver, 40 minutes is the amount of time that they've got to do, and 40 minutes is up now, regardless of any other strategic thought. Yeah, that's right. So they can make that uh, driver change in the full knowledge that they'll have uh, fulfilled that requirement of the minimum 45, 40 minutes of driving for each of the drivers. Number 35, Jim Cox bringing the, uh, that car, that uh, Mercedes into bits. That's a Riley Motorsports Mercedes. He's done a really nice job in the opening stint of this race. Second place. In the, uh, Sorry, in the top 10. Excuse me, John. Second place battle for TCR goes past in front of us now. And uh, 84 and 37, 84 uh, being the Brian Henderson Honda Civic and 37 being the Shelby Blackstock Civic. So Shelby, having dealt with some of the GS traffic, is straight back onto second place. But whilst that's been going on, Brick Casey Jr. has managed to ease himself out in his Audi RS 3 LMS TCR, the 17 to about a second and a half's lead as they go through turn three and four. Oh, a little mistake by second place driver. He's gone off coming out of turn four and Shelby Blackstock needs no second in invitation in the LA Honda World Civic. Tiny little mistake by Brian Henderson. He's got other power, I think, a little bit early. You've got to be so patient there. Coming out of the exit of turn four into turn five. Underneath that bridge. On the power. Just started to drift the front end slightly wide. And Blackstock took the opportunity. Here's the leader coming through. Turn 17. Does Tyler McQuarrie pit this time? No, he doesn't. Meantime, and, and not, not what you could call a perfect pit stop uh, down at the uh, Mosey Motors pit. In honour of the minions that adorn the side of the 65 Marilla Racing car. Uh, no. Uh, there was a lot of confusion as the fuel was going into the car. All four tires have been changed. Brett Mosling was not expecting to jump out of the car until all of a sudden they signaled to him, yes, you are out and Justin Piscatel is getting in, which makes sense. But Justin didn't know either. He was sitting on the pit box, no helmet on, not even the head sock or earphones. So he had to get ready as about as fast as he is on the racetrack. Thankfully that this young man is very speedy. Now they re-engage the car in gear, but that pit stop was about 60 seconds longer than it needed to be. And that is 60 seconds. That's an eternity uh, in terms of racing in this particular series. Battle for fourth and fifth. Corey Fergus has fought his way up to fourth position. And now Nate Stacey has caught the McLaren. And they're having a bit of a battle. The Court Motorsport 
Uh, and Forge Line sponsored number 60 with the stars and stripes on the roof of that uh, very bright red bodied car. Corey Fergus is about five seconds away from third position. Here's the... It's not the leader, of course. It's the second car in the team. The 93 coming in with that damage. And this might be just the drive-through for the unsafe release. The similar coloured car, grey and green, out on the far side of the circuit, coming down through the Jean de Bian bends, named after Olivier Jean de Bian. Famous Le Mans pilot and winner of the 1962 Le Mans race with none other than Phil Hill, if memory serves. And that was a particularly significant race. It was the last time it was won by a front-engined car outright. Audi, Audi, off at turn number seven. And that was the number 10 Audi. They've had an interesting day already, having uh, dropped a little further back down the Nearwood Lake, that was Kieran O'Rourke who's been involved in a couple of things, he was sitting in 10th position in class, he's let uh, at least a couple of people, I think Nick Gallant was one of them, coming back through the field, I think Gavin Ernstone was in that as well he's gone off at turn 7, he'll get back home from there, but he's a bit more dusty than he would have liked now Third James Clear in the pits uh, and in fact both the BMWs Robbie Foley and James Clear coming into the pit lane so go down and pick up the Turner Motorsport stop there is a driver change so Robbie Foley now getting out full service for Michelin's fuel as Bill Oberlin the BMW man of I don't know how many decades three decades getting strapped in to this car talking to Bill this weekend he had just so much joy in his voice he said I'm having more fun driving right now than I have ever had he's driven every BMW in this race and he said this is the time of my life he loves coaching this next generation he loves getting everybody up to speed and he's ready for the race today but I particularly like the sticker at the front it says we love tacos Turner, I love tacos too. Shay? Same, Jamie, and I could really go for some tacos right now as well. On the 82, the Bimmer World Motorsports BMW, it's been a long six weeks because in Daytona, they were the first car off the podium. Devin Jones and James Clay have had a long time to think about that, and James Clay is starting off strong here already in his first stint. They did fuel and tires and installed one D. Jones. So, John, that means you're going to have one D. Jones on the timing screen for now. Uh, yes, uh, she alluding to the fact at various stages last year we had two D Joneses, uh, two D Joneses, and two M Pombos at various stages uh, yeah. last uh, year. And this year we got two D Murrays in the in the uh, yes, prototype challenge race, and uh, <laughs> it does make things rather complicated. So and we've got a battle going on, by the way, now in uh, TCR. The top four cars all of a sudden, pretty much nose to tail. Shelby Blackstock having moved up into second position in car number 37. He's now right behind Britt Casey Jr. in car number 17. Uh, and uh, Brian Henderson is still, remains right there as well. And Mark Wilkins is closed in. So we've got a four-car battle. It's now for 11th place overall we're, as we're sort of kind of halfway through almost the pit stop sequence. Leaders are in the pit lane. First and second have elected to come in with an hour and 11 minutes to go. A end of the 18th lap. It'll be driver changes for both. Jimmy Howe. 
And Tyler McQuarrie first to get out. It's number 39 Audi from Carbon Motorsports. If you're listening around the circuit and you say, what, what are these cars? Where did this team come from? Well, it's a new organization this season. Steve Dynan is the team principal. He was the engine builder for BMW and Chip Ganassi Racing um, back when they won at, at Daytona in 2011-2013. A ton of experience. Though new uh, with this Audi R8, but the car looks beautiful. Obviously, it's very fast. Driver change now done. So Jeff Westfall has the belts on. Four new Michelins uh, still going on the car, waiting on the fuel. But so far, everything has gone to plan, Shay. Fuel and tires for the 4016 TGM championship winning Mercedes. It is Trinkler out, Plum in. The combination that worked so well for them last year. And as a matter of fact, they feel like they have a bit of redemption to make up for this year because their second to worst finish in 2018 came here at Sebring International Raceway. They are going to lose the lead though because the Audi is down and away. Sorry, they're going to stay in second place going back out of the pit lane. Two new drivers in those two cars and the battle resumes. I think they're a little bit closer though as they go out the pit lane. There was about 10 cars lengths between the cars at first and second. There's barely a singles cars length now between the grey and green Audi and the grey, purple and blue AMG GT4 Mercedes. So they've rejoined now. That's left the uh, Ford Mustang number 15 in the lead. Not has it? It's left Jeff Mosing in the lead in the 56 Mercedes AMG GT. But he's due a pit stop shortly, of course. I'm trying to see is who is the best place of the cars that have made their pit stops. By the way, the TCR cars at the front of the field. Still Casey Jr., Shelby Blackstop, as Brian said, just overtaken, uh, as uh, Jeremy said, just overtaken Brian Henderson in second. And Mark Wilkins in fourth position in the 9800. Uh, those guys are sixth on down overall now because of the fact they're going longer into the race. And right up on the tail of the R8 of Jeff Westfall, who's coming out on new Michelins, which are a little chillier than the well-worn 20-lap old Michelins on the two TCR cars behind. Two pairs of TCRs battling for the first four places. Looked to me as though the man having to defend slightly most, slightly more rather, was Brian Henderson. Mark Wilkins in that light blue Hyundai Velosta NTCR. And Brian Hurt of Motorsport was very aggressively moving around behind the third place Honda in TCR. But the leaders are on the back straight in the TCR class. There's a bit of a draft coming for the second place car. And it's side by side behind as Mark Wilkins has pulled out to driver's right. He's going for third position but has to give best. And at the front, the 37 drops back in behind the leader so no changes there before these cars have to come in for their pit stops we've got a new a, a few more laps of this there'll be a penalty for the Ford Mustang Grant Enfinger now in that car they ran over part of their pit equipment so that's going to take that car out the fight for the main battle at the front of the field and while we wait for the next piece of action to unfold with pit stops for GS well underway let's go down to Jamie who I think could give us a word with Tyler McQuarrie. Tyler, right now, debriefing with his teammate, Mike, Mike Sigel. Uh, what was it like out there? It was a little bit of an inspired restart for you, overtaking. Yeah, you know, coming into the race, we knew we were good on long runs. The Michelins have been awesome. 
Um, so I was anticipating kind of just sitting where I was at and uh, try and get up to the front a little later. And, you know, I think uh, they got a good start. I don't think uh, the McLaren got a great start, so it kind of put me into that second spot. So um, just kind of sat there, and Owen made a little mistake in the hairpin down there, and it gave me an opportunity to get in front of him. And then from then on, we got that restart, and I was able to just manage the gap because he was much better through the first half of the track, through one to, like, five. So I just need to manage that gap to where he couldn't take advantage of that opportunity there. But all in all, was good stint, saved the car. Jeff's out there. We had a great pit stop. So it's up to him now. It was a pretty good amount of track time between the promoter test day, the practice sessions, and qualifying. How much did all of that translate to the conditions that you have for the race? It helped us a lot because, again, like I said, we're good on long runs, and so we, we tried working on getting the car up to speed a little bit faster, and that proved to help. And so all the hard work over the last couple of days from Carbon Motorsports has paid off, and our Audi R8 is running great. All right, it was a great pit stop, just like you said. Be one more? What's that? One more pit stop? Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Nice job. Well, the question is one more or two more, depending on how the tires are going. They'll be look, looking at that fuel-wise. Shouldn't be an issue to go uh, one more. And they'll be having a look at what they have seen with the tyres that have come off. This TCR lead battle, Jeremy, is an absolute belter, you know. Down in turn 17 at the moment, looking to our left as they come on to the start-finish straight. It's for third overall now, but Casey Jr., Shelby Blackstock, and actually Brian Henderson's not that far away either as they go down to turn one right ahead of them is Hugh Plum, who stayed in second position after the pit stops have shaken out for GS. And Jeff Westfall has taken over the number 39 Audi, and he leads. So first, the 39 Audi. We've just heard from those guys. Let's go to the 46 pit. Hugh Plum now in the car. That means Owen Trinkler, who put the car on pole position and had led the race early on, can talk to Shea Adam. Owen, you said uh, it's pretty good. So you don't really mind. We just heard from Tyler McQuarrie and his side of the story. He said you made a little mistake, opened up the door, and he went through. You were more than happy to sit there, though, because the race isn't won on lap three. No, I mean, Joe Vardy coaches you and I about what we need to do. Yeah, car, it just takes it a couple of laps to come in on the front. So I just drove it in a little bit too deep at the hairpin, but I was fine letting him lead there. I mean, I was just kind of pacing myself a little bit. I feel like I could reel him in when I needed to and then just kind of just sat there and ride, conserve the car, try to save a little bit of fuel as much as I could, uh, but the car's really good. Hugh's going to do a great job today. TGM, what can I say? I mean, uh, it's like when we qualify on the front row, good things are going to happen because we look for long runs, and uh, the car's really good. And uh, got to say hello to my family. They're here today, and uh, my youngest son's back home, but uh, I'll see them, uh, see him when I get back on Monday. But it's just what a great day to be here at Sebring and see if we can pull it off today. You had a winning car in 2017 in the ST class. Do you have a winning car today? Yeah. If we, if we, if we call up qualify up front like we've done in the past uh we've got a really good race car it's really good over the bumps and um Hugh's gonna do great and let's just see what happens here with the strategy it's tough on us a little bit if we get a bunch of yellows at the end it's gonna be tough because we just don't have the mid-range powers some of the other cars with the BOP that we've got with the boost in the car the AMG GT4 is doing great but we just got to get some help in the BOP if we go yellow yellow a bunch uh we need to go green the rest of the way and we'll be fine so the car is really balanced and uh he's gonna do a great job and see what happens here at the end it's St. Patrick's Day. We're hoping for a lot of green this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. Yeah, it's, it, it means a lot to me. This is the last place my dad saw, saw me race in 01, and he passed away in 03 on St. Patty's Day, and I won here in 17. And So it means a lot to me, this place, and I love coming here. And So uh, maybe he's watching up above and give us another win here today. It would be really cool. 
Let's uh, raise a glass to those not here this weekend, no doubt about that. An hour and two minutes to go, won't be long before we start the TCR schedule pit stops. There have been a un- few unscheduled ones. They've cycled through to third and fourth, those two leaders, Casey Jr. and Shelby Blackstock in the Audi and Honda, respectively. David Hobbs has joined us. Mr Hobbs, how are you? Oh, very well, thanks, John. Uh, extremely well. Very happy to be up here, too. Now, about a year ago, you and I were talking here because your book, Hobbo, had just come out, and we were talking about how excited we were about that. Just uh, take a break at a moment as we've got a little <laughs> bit of rubbing is racing going into turn three, and that's for a significant position. That is uh, seventh and eighth in the GS category. Paul Holton and... Uh, Christian Hornardel and Hornardel has gone through. Boy, oh boy, that was uh, that was all very exciting. Much more exciting than my book, that's for sure. I don't think that's true. Actually, I hear your voice in every word of that book, which I've read at least a couple of, of wow. times now. It, it's it's been on sale for a little while, about a year now. How's it gone? Well, it's doing very well. I'm down in the Gallery of Legends on the infield here in the paddock, um, trying to sell some more today. So it's it's going pretty well and. Um, Yes, it's called Hobbo, Motor Racer to Motor Mouth. My youngest son, Guy, who you all know, thought it would be better to be called Gas Pedal to Gas Bag. But the publisher <laughs> the publisher thought that was a bit too much. So, but it's going pretty Did well. Did you strike though, him yeah. off your Christmas card list after that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even his mother thought that was a bit rich. A bit, but, uh, a bit harsh. A bit, bit harsh. Yeah, uh, but still, still enthused about motor racing. You're here again this weekend. I know you're at Amelia Island, Island, I think, a, a week or so ago. We watch racing, as we're seeing now in the Mission and Pilot uh, Challenge here. These... Uh, Production GT cars have really taken off the last few years and provide great, great entertainment as Trent Hinman in the uh, Vault Racing Number no. 7 Porsche tries to make up a position on the uh, the 65 motors, motoring motor cars. Go. Of course, I've known Trent since he was a little boy because he used to race against my grandson Andrew in go-karts up in Wisconsin. And uh, Trent has done extremely well and uh, made a great career for himself and is a terrific driver. And um, he's always there to get stuck in. And boy, oh boy, he's... These production GT cars really do put on a heck of a show. Well, and, and Trent, one of a, a growing number of a new generation of American road racers in the broadest sense of the word, and, and, and very many of them carving out a, a good career driving GT cars, not just here in the States, but getting an international reputation as well. And, and that's good for the sport here, is it not? Oh, very good for the sport. Yeah, we, we you know, I mean, obviously I did the Formula One coverage for so many years, and our biggest, you know, what's going to go on down here? Bit Mustang down the inside uh, of Trent. Can he hold the big banger back? The slightly more svelte Porsche. Still with a six-cylinder engine, that's 718, but can't hold the inside over the bumps at uh, turn 17. That's a heck of a turn, that 17. It's just, uh, it's a real ball breaker. And you go in, oh my God, here they go. Uh, this Three wide going, going into turn, turn one. And that's the core racing car in there as well, the number 60. These guys all battling four position Woo. And that's a touch there I think <laughs> bit of trading of paint hey, hey, David this wasn't like, like it wasn't like this in your days was it <laughs> no he would, have, it? he would have had him off there yeah. in almost there <laughs> try well, that again is this the natural successor though David if we, if we think about your day is this the natural, su- natural successor to taking the little Lotus like you did well, and, and putting it on a trailer and going round Europe and, and going racing well that's the thing I mean we race things like loads of elites MGAs MG Sprites uh, Austin Healy sprites. Um, 
these are pretty big, fast cars. I mean, this is some power here, some serious power out of these yeah. cars. A lot of grip, much bigger tyres than we always used to have. Uh, so these are pretty serious racing cars. Um, and looked like Trent's finally got dropped by the other duo there. So um, now this Mustang's going to be catching up on him. Yeah, the 22 Mortecraft car, classic colours there. Um, in your day, of course, there was far fewer cameras in race control, so you probably could have well, gone away with a bit There was more. no cameras and there was no TV, <laughs> which is why we all made only about four bob a week. Um, so, uh, but the, the yes, but what there was was there was appearance money for cars in those days. Wasn't there was, you, you, yes. would, you could make man, not a lot of money, but you could cover your costs travelling around Europe if you lived if you lived carefully. I remember talking to the owner of Mallory Park. And uh, we tried to squeeze him up from 15 to 25 quid for our starting money for the Lotus Elite, which he would begrudgingly give it you in the end. And I won a couple of races there, so then he had to give it me then. So. Yeah, but it, it, prize it money was more or less... cost stilt. about 10 bob to fill the, the, the car oh, up well, the yeah. fuel in those yeah. days. 10 shillings, that is. And Dunlop, of course, used to give us tyres or a very, very big discount. Well, Trent's hanging on to these two. Uh... At the head of the field, by the way, it is still Jeff Westfall in the 39 Audi, and he's just pulled away a little bit from well, Hugh Plummer the last couple of, uh, in the early part of that stint, but is, is Hugh coming back at him now? No, but yeah, I mean, barely a Ever second floor. between the two of them. I mean, since around the pit stops, they've been pretty much nose to tail, those two. They came in, maybe there was a second and a half between and before the pit stops, but uh, since then, it's it's pretty even Stevens between those two. But the guy in third place is Devin Jones in number 82, Bimowell BMW. He's just reset the fastest lap of the race he's done it twice over the last uh, three or four laps he's that's a new lap record 211.945 wow. not hanging about it's wow. not the old record by here the race lap record was 13.2 so 1.3 seconds underneath the old lap record I can't believe Hugh Plum is still doing this I covered Hugh Plum on ESPN with Bob Varsha and that must be 20 years ago <laughs> he's still going it's a good job he can't hear you at the moment. I think he'd be delighted. <laughs> and he won the championship last year, David. <laughs> yeah, he won the championship last year with young Owen Tr Trinkler, another highly experienced driver in this form of racing. Just starting to get some TCR uh, pit stops now, including the number 17, which uh, was the leading car. Mikey Taylor's jumped into that and rejoined, so he will have dropped down, I think, to third position in TCR when that all shakes out but the two cars ahead the Honda Civic number 37 of Shelby Blackstock in, was in second now leads Mark Wilkins up into third at the moment in the 98 that's the light blue of the Honda Velosters he's in second but that's all about to change here comes Blackstock in the LA Honda world Honda Civic and Shea Adam will watch this stop by Lewis Pocarby's team Ladies and gentlemen, might want to take a couple of steps back from the fences because Tom McGorman is going to be getting behind the wheel of the car that won at Daytona, the opening round, and thus the championship leaders. That would be the 37 LA Honda World Racing. And Johnny rightly say it's Luis Pericarpi's team, and his parents are here because they live down in Miami. So they made the drive up, and they are watching their son's team only for the second time ever. They're up on the pit box watching this perfectly executed stop. Changing the front tires as Shelby is out of the car, having a little bit of issue trying to get the window net back into place, but now he manages to finally get it snapped in. And there are actually two latches that he has to have done. Now he's figured out the second one, made sure that Tom is happy, very casually shuts the door. 
the team walking back around, there will be no rear tire change on this car. So only new Michelins on the front, but a front-wheel drive car, that's the ones that matter. They've taken the car off of the airjacks, just waiting on the fuel now. And there was a little bit of hesitancy when the fuel probe went in at the beginning of the stop. Now they're waiting. The fuel probe out on the left, out on the right. And Tom O'Gorman is gone. Tom O'Gorman is a little time getting going there, didn't he? Yeah, Tom? just a day. As quick as I want to Actually, I'm surprised Lewis hasn't roped his uh, his father into help during the pit stops. Well, we don't know he hasn't yet. <laughs> he might be working on one of the other on the one of the other stats. Tom O'Gorman will take no time at all to get up to speed. This is the man who prides himself when he does qualify in taking as few laps as possible to take pole position and we have seen him do it on one flying lap before and completely decimate the opposition he's got this front wheel drive heating up the tyres and getting the car to a balanced thing off to an absolute fine art he's very confident with the car moving around early but he tends not to do that the back end of the car seems glued to the ground he's got a very specific way of driving to achieve that 52 LA Honda World in as well that's another one of their Hondas it was Max Faulkner uh, that brought that car in I think and Colin Mullen taking it out only front tyres for that Honda and a full complement of fuel and that white red white and yellow car rejoins now the leader is at turn seven, Jeff Westfall. And the leader in TCR is on pit lane. Uh, that is that number 98 car. Did you just mention that? Yeah, no, 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 that's right, fine. Right. That's, yeah, cy that's cycled around. That's yeah, Mark that, Wilkins. That should be the last of the TCR cars, I think, uh, on two pit lane. Now, Shea Adam, the, one of the things that Brian Herter was telling us was they had to get used to doing pit stops and driver changes because in the championship they won last year with the previous Hyundai model, the... I-30, it wasn't part of the racing series. They've gotten used to it. That was a very spiffy tire change on the fronts. Again, only the front tires change for this number 98 Hyundai Veloster TCRN. And it is Mark Wilkins to Michael Lewis. So that's a driver change in this car as well. The sister car is still expected. They finished the tires long before the fueling probe comes out just waiting on the fuel as there is a purple number one illuminated on the side of the car won't be there when he goes back out on track and the sister car is now in let's see they are two doing a driver change and they are also only changing the front tires a long time on this fuel yeah very long time still waiting for the car to drop down and go and still no signal from the fuel man that it is full now it's given Mark Wilkins standing up on the wall looking at it going, what took so long? Well, and uh, that's what I'm wondering too. We've seen in the past year, haven't we, that some of the cars coming into the championship, and this is a brand new car at the championship this year, maybe don't quite optimise the way the cars fill. We saw it, if you remember, with the uh, the Porsche Caymans back in the day, and they were taking quite a, a long time to get the fuel in. They tried a couple of different ways of filling the car, moved the fuel filler as well. Well, that's something uh, they need to look at because that... I mean, that's a race killer right there. I mean, that was a long, long stop there to put fuel in. Share, uh, Adam? And the 21, the sister car to that number 98 that had the very slow stop, did fuel much, much faster, but unfortunately their driver change took longer, <laughs> so they lost time because they were still with the door open. Right, okay. Uh, just lost the lead lap, that car, as through uh, came Jeff Westfall and Hugh Plum. They're still battling for the lead now with just on two seconds it's stabilised as Jeremy said at about two seconds David Hobbs is with us uh, 
with his book Hobbo I'm not going to say the rest of it because I don't think it's fair it's just Hobbo we all know you uh, as Hobbo uh, Formula 1 kicks off this weekend change, a lot of change in the off season well. for a while and Danny Rick uh, selling merchandise by the cubic ton apparently black and yellow of, of Renault down there and uh, changes at Ferrari with new young talent co- to come in and play with Sebastian Vettel's mind as well but it's still going to be Lewis Hamilton, isn't it? Yeah, well, it looks like it after the first two practices. Obviously, the next practice will be at about one o'clock in the morning and then qualifying. But Mercedes came away from the test in um, Spain and I, I've, everybody felt they were sandbagging and it certainly looks like it from today's results. Now, there's a long, long way to go in this season yet and a lot more practice and qualifying sessions to come. But there again, the two Mercedes were one and two in the second practice. Uh, but Max Verstappen is hanging right in there I think the Red Bull this year could be a major threat because Adrian Newey's car is just fantastic it's going to be fun to just watch. a bit more a little bit more horsepower than last year they could be right in the, in the hunt yeah they've changed their engine yeah. as well of course this year David always a pleasure to see you when are we going to hear you again any plans to do some more broadcasting or, or anything else that will get you in, you in can front hear, of the public you can hear my dulcet tones in the gallery of legend downstairs and I'll tell you all about it when you're buying a copy of Hobbo but uh, I, I don't have any plans for uh, well TV world doesn't have any plans for me I have lots of plans oh oh David thanks for being with us Oops, uh, David Hobbs there Hobbo from Motor Racing to Motor Mouth it is the number 10 EU reports Rover racing car that's gone in hard at a very fast part of the track on the far side full course yellow will have to come out and does come out well that is a very big accident for Lee Carpentier. We, we didn't think Lee was going to get in the car because Kieran O'Rourke earlier on ground to a halt in that car. He clearly got it back and was off the pace in terms of the laps completed. Now, again, the question will be, did he jump or was he pushed? It was turn 17 again. We saw Mike Simpson, Michael Simpson going off there earlier on with a brake problem on his Audi. And... That was lost fairly early on in the... Nice, no, he's gone straight on. Tried to turn, realised he wasn't going to make it. Flicked it back and sideways, but still got all the way to the concrete wall. That was actually a really good piece of driving by Lee to flick that car around to stop himself going straight in. I don't think he was slowing down there. That was either a stuck throttle or maybe some problem with the brakes. But flicking it round backwards puts... A lot more car between you and what you're going to hit. Yeah, it does. That was a that was a scary accident. See how the wheels turning around. The wheels well, are still turning, turning around there. So it's I exactly think the same as right. Michael. You're absolutely right. No question. I would say that was uh, some kind of a brake failure there on that car, and he's done a really good job. He's out of the car. It's good to see Lee. Out of the car under his own steam. He's a guy with a massive amount of experience. He's a long time instructor with the Skirt Bow oh. Racing School. Absolutely, he's not fuming. A happy bunny. He's yep. fuming. He's had and no luck this season. That's the, that's the actions of, of a man who, I think, realises there was absolutely nothing he could do there. You make a mistake, you deal with it. But when it's something else, you can get very, very upset about things. Now, that car wasn't heading for a great result today with the problems that Lee Carpentier had already had. Now, believe it or not, he's climbing back in the car. Now, I'm not sure what he thinks he's going to do. No. Oh, yes, he is. Well, maybe he thinks he can get that car going again, or is he just going to help the marshals in terms of sitting behind the wheel? I just wonder, Jeremy, and this is speculation, 
if that car had had a problem early on, well, we know it had a problem early because it ground to a halt, didn't it? No, he's out of the car now. I would think he's probably just turning everything off, making sure he's all right. The hands device comes out. The EMR medical team is on site already. Scary moment. Great to see that Lee got out of the car. These TCR cars look like hotted up versions of your shopping hatchbacks, but they are purpose-built racing cars. These are never these are cars that were built from scratch as racing cars. They are not converted street cars, and therefore all of the latest safety thinking has gone into them. And that car actually looks in pretty good shape. Uh, tires may be an old-fashioned way of slowing cars down, but they dissipate energy and they do still do their job when bundled up as the Art 17. Now, we saw Michael Johnson have a nasty incident earlier on at turn 17. That car is back on the pit lane. At meantime, oh, bit of drama for the compass number 75. I was just going to jump in the pit lane to give us uh, an opportunity to have a chat with some drivers, but the compass... Racing car, the McLaren number 75. There's another car that's clearly done a control all delete and now rolls again. What a strange day it's been. That is Paul Holton behind the wheel of that car. Jamie Howe is down in the pit lane. Chad Gilsing has uh, had an eventful stint early on in, uh, in his HART Honda. Uh, fought his way up through the field, got turfed out at turn three and then fought his way back again, Jamie. Yes, he said that this full-course caution definitely good for them. It'll help bunch up the pack a little bit more. But when you're out there playing a little bit of a game of bumper cars, how do you manage that? Yeah, it, it gets kind of frustrating because you work so hard to, to pick up those spots in the beginning, and then you have it all taken away and have to do it all over again. And with the heat and the way the track is, it's really tough to fight that hard for so long because, you know, you just wear out your tires. But the, the Michelins, they held on great. Actually, I think our car is really good more for the end of the race than it is for the first part of the stint. We were struggling with some straight line speed and qualifying. Um, we took a little bit of wing out of the car and, and actually all the wing out of the car and, and hoping for the best there. Um, but I think it's actually freed it up enough to where as the track gets really greasy, it, it helps us a little bit. So, um, this caution was a good thing for us. It bunches us back up, and I think Ryan's going to have a good run at it. You took two years off um, from, from this series to race the NSX in, in the WeatherTech Championship. Coming back now with the class structure changing now, it just being GS and the TCR category, how does that change the way you race? Um, it's, it's really not much different from when we left. So we didn't, we didn't run when they had the three classes. So, you know, it's basically the same, same kind of thing, just different cars. Both classes of cars just kind of moved up a notch on the performance levels. Um, we have aero on both cars to kind of play with now where we didn't, you know, when we ran back in 2016. So uh, it's still a little new to us, but uh, it's, it's a good progression from the NSX. I mean, obviously, you know, we loved running that car and, and hope to run it again, but uh, Honda's got a great program with the new uh, Civic Type R TCR car, and, and we're excited to be running that for them. One of the best things about your team, Honda America Racing Team, is that everybody is an employee of Honda of America up in Ohio. To be able to come down here to Sebring, Florida this time of the year after all the cold weather, what kind of team building, what kind of camaraderie do you guys have on race weekends? 
I, we, it's like a family, honestly. I've, I've been working with some of these guys for over 15 years now, and we have some new guys who've only been on the team for a couple years. But um, we all gel well. We're all here for the same reason, because we love the sport. We love you know, our company and our product. Um, you know, and that's why Honda allows us to do this, because not only is it a good morale booster, but we learn when we're doing it. Um, you know, I, we got a new president coming in with HPD, Ted Klaus. I actually worked with Ted on the NSX project. He was our, uh, you know, head, head guy there. So, you know, it, it's really cool how it trickles down from the top, you know, to, to people just right out of college. That's really cool. Chad himself, all the little kids listening around the racetrack. If you want to be a race car driver, that's great. It's, a, it's an amazing goal to look forward to. But Chad is also a vehicle dynamics engineer. It's his day job. So there's a lot out there to get you involved in motorsports. Thank you. A lot of pit stop opportunities coming in and being taken up. The leader, the number 39 Audi, came in. They did fuel and tires. It will be fuel and tires for the 4016 TGM Mercedes as well. But it will be a driver change for the number two Audi. That is the E-Euro Parts Rover Racing Car. Kenton Cook will be taking over this time, so your timing screens will not be deceiving you. Everybody up and down the, t the pit lane is doing fuel and tires. The 82 Bimmer World BMW as well as the 56 Murillo Racing Mercedes, the first First car to get rolling again and easily into the lead once more is the number 39 Audi waiting for a second to come out. It's the 69 Mia car. The McLaren goes into second. Then third, the 97, the new Aston Martin. Fourth will be the 46 team TGM Mercedes. 59 Mustang leads out the number 15 Mustang. Two different teams. Core Motorsport leading out Multimatic. The 82 Mercedes, the BMW is the next roll. And then Trent Hinman in the number 7 Porsche. And then a plethora of Mercedes as three of them go past all at once. And all of a sudden, there's the Turner Motorsports BMW well down the field. Bill Oberlin's going to have a little bit of work to do to get back up toward the front. Still waiting on that 75 McLaren, though, John. That was the car that went slowly down the front straight. Looks like they're taking this opportunity to do some work inside the cockpit. Yeah, they've got the engine cover off the back of that McLaren as well, the Compass Racing car. And they've, oh dear, they've plugged in the laptop. They've got the little uh, screen plugged in there. So that I, I'm going to suggest that's an electrical problem, but I don't honestly know. The number 10 Europarts uh, Lee Carpentier-driven car is also being recovered in the aftermath, aftermath of everything that uh, has gone on there uh, down at Turn 17. That was actually more damage than I than I thought. It did move the tyres quite a bit. That it, it went right to the gap in the in the concrete wall actually, which I think may have helped him a little bit but we've had the chance to see that a couple of times now Jeremy and it did look as though the wheels were still turning after Lee rather expertly just flicked it round with a deft touch of the steering wheel it was going backwards into the wall I have no doubt he had his foot on the brake pedal but there was no hint of retardation there no that's right that was a really scary incident for uh, Lee good to see him uh, get out of that car uh, but that car is now considerably shorter than it was beforehand and uh, the back end is pretty much no more well, with 40 minutes to go, start to distill your thoughts for our Spirit of the Race award, please. Forge Line Spirit of the Race this year in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. What we're looking for is uh, your nominations and thereby votes for the team, entity, individual who, uh, in your mind, has best displayed the Spirit of Endurance Racing. The hashtag is ForgeLineSOTR. That's ForgeLineSOTR. And please uh, tweet that to at IMSA Radio. And we'll try and get that announced for you 
before the end of the race. Otherwise, we'll get it tweeted out uh, and make sure that the person who gets your votes, the most votes from you listening or watching, uh, is uh, duly notified. Hashtag Forgeline, S-O-T-R. Let's go down into the pit lane. The number 75 Compass guys are working hard. Are they... Uh, are they in line for the Spirit of the Race Award for getting that car back out onto the track? Let's find out what's ailing the Compass Racing McLaren. Here's Jamie Howe. Well, you were speculating that it was something in the electronics, and that is part of the problem. Uh, they said that it, it almost seems like something has been broken in the rear of the car since the race started, like it was broken before they even went to the green. So it hasn't been happy all race long, but the problem they're having right now is that as they're going around the track, the ESC, the electronic stability control, is kicking in. So it's making the car not undrivable, but perhaps unraceable. Uh, it's all about points right now. So if you're looking at the Spirit Award, they're thinking championship. They're thinking big picture. These championships come down to one, two points. They had to get back out there. They need to take the checkered flag, and they need to make up some ground. Jamie Howe down there in the pit lane. Also trying to get uh, to the bottom of why the number 60 Mustang dropped away. It was right up in the fight there. Carl uh, Marcelli's just rejoined in that car and got back on the lead lap. They, I think, had dropped off the lead lap. They'd, uh, they'd gone so far back. The uh, number 96 car also for Turner Motorsports. That's dropped yes. a long way back on this round of pit stops. That was right up in contention. It was in uh, fifth place coming into the pits, but it has uh, rejoined down in, well, 21st overall. There's a few uh, TCR cars amongst them. Uh, but uh, it's a long, long way back. And Turner Motorsports came in to this race with super high expectations. Bill Oblin now in the final 40 minutes of this race has got a lot of work to do. The timing of this caution, by the way, is pretty good for, for most of the teams because this, uh, this is just around about the, the sort of window of fuel they have in order to get to the end of the race without making another fuel stop. And for TCR, I think that they're going to be good to go as well. So... So far as scheduled pit stops are concerned, apart from number 40 car, which elected not to come into the pits during this caution period, and, that, and therefore now leads the race overall, I think everybody else is going to have to... Uh, it doesn't need to stop one more time. Uh, of all the things I thought I might see around uh, Sebring this weekend, just got a quick shot from our TV uh, colleagues of a Bradford City shirt from the <laughs> English Football League. And welcome to all of those of you who have travelled a long way today, either here in the US or from further afield, listening on 100.9 FM, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together. RS2 is IMSA Radio. Before we go back to Green, let's have an update on that Turner Motorsport car with uh, with, uh, Jamie Howe. Sorry, Jamie. Well, the high hopes got a little too hot for Turner Motorsports. They're having a problem right now with the car overheating. They had to bring it in, try and cool it down, control, alt, delete, send Bill back out, but... A lot right now is they're just not uh, 100% happy, obviously disappointed in the way that this race has unfolded. Maybe the uh, tackles were a little too spicy uh, for Turner Motorsport. I wish them the best with that. Bill Oberlin will do what he can to drag back some track position. 35 minutes to go. So inside the window here, Jeremy, to go to the end. So all the GS cars in terms of fuel, if they've splashed, should be able to get to the end of the race. Yeah, and uh, Jade Buford in number 40 car, he's just come on to pit lane. But this is the last time for the cars that were last lap down to come in. 
before they. But I think why we go back. so far ahead of the safety car? That's what I c can't quite understand. I'm so sure he might have done something a bit naughty there. 93 and 8 came in at the same time, the two Audis, Gunnar Jeanette and Tom Dyer. Big incident, and that's why we're under full course yellow at the moment for the number 10 of Lee Carpentier. Kieran O'Rourke had had problems with that car early on. It had rejoined. Big damage to the back of that car. The whole of the boot, the trunk area on that Audi RS3 TCR flattened in and it now looks like it's the hatchback version very odd incident arriving at turn 17 getting ready to turn in you break very late there even in a TCR car but there was no hint of the car slowing down and thought that he might be able to make the corner started to turn right and then flicked it around to go in backwards but still had a long way to go before he hit anything and the wheels were still turning I did think I saw part of the rear suspension already tucked under before he hit the wall. And uh, Michael Johnson's car, remember the 54 car, Shea seeing that it was at the back of that car that she'd seen the uh, a part of the suspension had uh, come into contact with a, a brake line. So maybe something to be looked at there. But it will be because Audi support all of their customers, whether it's TCR, GT four or gt3 uh, back in for the 75 car not even a full lap so are they going to plug the computer in again with that car maybe they are this is bad news for compass racing yes but he's still on the lead lap at the moment he's got they've got a little bit of time here because ah. the safety car is still really at the other end of the racetrack so they've got to, a minute or more probably to try and diagnose what that problem was uh, we've got a, new, a lot of newcomers here uh, amongst our crowd here this weekend and if you're wondering why there's various cars overtaking a safety car and other cars under caution period you might know enough that when there is safety car is out there there is no overtaking but what is happening here is that the cars uh, in in the mainly in the TCR category well first of all we have a class split before right. the restart so all the GS cars will move ahead of all the TCR so the TCR cars in their category will slip behind we saw some cars overtaking the safety car a little while ago those were TCR cars that were still on the lead lap so far as the TCR leader is concerned, but they had been trapped behind the safety car. Nothing, to, not, not their fault. So they were able to cycle around past the safety car and move up to the back of the field in TCR. So we've now got nine cars in TCR that are still all on the lead lap. But the curious thing here is that the number 40 car, I think, has possibly taken an illegal uh, wave around, has made his pit stop, which he needed, but he's still in the lead of the, of the race, which is not where he should be, I think. Uh, Jamie, before we go back to green, more cars with problems in the pits. Oh, well, we had high hopes for the number seven with Trent Hinman behind the wheel. Alan Brynjolfsson already did his stint, brought the car home clean, but they're having two problems right now. They've got some mechanical um, imbalance in the rear of the car that they're struggling with, but they also feel like they're down on power. Perhaps they're losing the engine. Uh, it's just bad to worse. Thank you, Jamie. Back to green flag racing. Half an hour. A little bit more than that. Still to go. The green flag is in the air. And once again, the Audi jumps away. But this time, it's got behind it one of the McLarens. But that's a lapped car. So it's still Jeff Westfall. Ah, well, the Ford no, Mustang. The McLaren's not a lap down. It's in second. The, the Aston no, Martin is. is a lap the down. Aston's a lap down. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. 
But that Ford Mustang then, the number 40 with Jim Buford at the wheel, wheel scored at the lead yeah. of the race. And way ahead of everybody else. I think he's probably going to get a penalty uh, by my reckoning because he, he was on the lead lap and he therefore should have moved up right behind the, the safety car. But I think he must have overtaken a safety car to come into the pits, make his pit stop and get out again. And that's a no-no. So I think he's scored in the lead at the moment, but I don't think he'll be scored there for very long. But there's some fabulous battling going on in the field. There's uh, oh, Scott Spinner. Hargrove. Whoa. That's going to be problematic. And the 22 Motorcraft Ford has gone around, got some help there. How nobody else hit them. And here come the TCR cars, three wide at corner number seven as well. It was in ninth position, by the way, it was kind of a 22 before that spin. Jeremy, you were spot on. The 40 Ford improper final wave by stop plus four minutes and 24. <laughs> Sounds an odd number, but that's all about how much advantage they gained. And there's a multiplier on that. Uh, and the assistance from behind the wall for car number 98. So that's going to get a drive-through as well. Oh, my goodness. Restarts. Starts and restarts. Always the dangerous time. There are times that you can make up huge amount of space, of course, uh, places, of course, because people are there. But, my goodness me, you need to have... Your, uh, your wits about you. I think we've got somebody who'd I probably be rather here than there at the moment. Shelby Blackstone has, uh, <laughs> has joined us out of the uh, LAP Honda with the leaders going down to turn 17. Typical Michelin pilot restart there, Shelby. Absolutely. It's absolutely chaos out there. I mean, it's the biggest chance for everybody to get a uh, jump in their position. And we looks like we and Tom O'Gorman uh, took advantage of that and we jumped to the lead on that restart. So... Always chaotic, but oh, really, oh. 17 again. It's the 15 Mustang being in the wars. Gone around and I think got a little help there as they were going in. You're so committed going into 17, Shelby. There's literally no room to manoeuvre. If you get pushed even half a car's length off as he was trying to go past the wins Mercedes there, AMG GT4. And people might think well why didn't he just slow down and stop why did he drive straight into the tyres but you're just so committed at that point absolutely and the biggest thing is the curbs here on the last corner in turn 16 are actually very 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 abrasive so that actually pushes the pads back and the brakes ah. so going down into 17 you're turning while braking and you're at top speed there and uh, if you get offline just a little bit especially this late in the race which I found a couple times uh, you get right in the marbles and it's near impossible to stop after that so even in a relatively short race, a two-hour race, the marbles, the pieces of, of tyre that have thrown off the, the Michelin slicks, that's already noticeable, is it? Oh, yes. I mean, even through practice and everything, uh, we noticed it. And in qualifying, uh, my last qualifying lap, I had the same issue. I mean, it's just it's one of those corners you kind of give and take, and it takes hard when, it, when you uh, get it wrong. But the Mustang has remained at the scene of the crime. Mustang has made it back into the pit lane and that was uh, Ben Rhodes who went for that wild ride there. Interesting what uh, Shelby was saying there, Jeremy, about the the rough curbs at 16 at the Le Mans corner onto the back straight because we've seen a couple of TCR cars just not slowing down there at all. So how, how can you combat that? When you say the pads are pushed away, they're pushed away from the disc, from the rotor. So what happens is you, you go to the brake pedal and the, the pedal goes deeper than you expected or sometimes all the way down. How, how can you mitigate that? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of guys, what they do, and it's, it's also different, different by car by car. Um, our our, uh, 
our Honda car never ever had that, but in the previous cars I've driven, you've had to pump up the brakes as you go down to the corner just to make sure they're there and close that gap uh, from the pads to the rotors. It just kind of gets into a habit. That's A lot of guys are doing this, especially in the GT4 cars. They might have a little bit more problems with that than, uh, than we have in TCR. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an un- uneasy feeling when you go into a corner at max speed, 160 miles an hour, <laughs> hit the brake, and nothing's there, and you have to pump up the pedal a couple times to actually get the car to stop. Uh, Shea Adam from the pit will give us an update on that number 15 Mustang. The slogan is built Ford tough for a reason, and uh, this Ford uh, left-hand headlight more is squinting at us now. The real concern is that the left front bodywork is pressing up against the left front Michelin tire. They took the old one off and they put a new one on, but it is very sharp little bits of plastic and carbon that the team is now trying to hack away to try and get the car back out. But the bottom of the splitter on the left-hand side dragging on the racetrack as well. This is a car that, if it finishes the race, will be a one-eyed monster. Thank you, Shea. At the front of the field, Hugh Plum having to defend. Now down at the third position, he's been hit. Oh, that was a low percentage move by both drivers there. Big, big dent in the right rear quarter panel of the 46 car, sitting in a third position. And it was Kenny Wilton that was right in behind him there. Jesse Lazard already gone by him in the... uh, other Mercedes, the 69 car, and now Pua here. Well, he's got out of the firing line, but he, I don't think he's quite got the car where he'd like it because he's right on the inside. Shelby Blackstock is with us. How do you see this one? It's just kind of one of those late late percentage moves. He Wilden was, looked like he was going to go for it, and then Hugh blocked. He put on a little bitty block, but it was just enough. They're already in the break zone. It's very, very bumpy corner going down into seven. So once you're fully committed, it's one of those deals. It, it's Yeah, it's it's really a big shame for Hugh. Do you see that as a racing incident? And, and I mean, the stewards will look at it. The mm-hmm. race directors will look at it. Is that a, a racing incident? Is it 50-50? Who is likely to get called for that, if either? I have to, I have to say it would probably be a penalty in the eyes of the stewards here. But the biggest thing is, it's just it's a bigger thing, the fact that they were the leaders. Yes. That's always a bigger thing. If you're ever taken out from the lead, you're kind of, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard call. Yeah, that was a battle for third place. Uh, and uh, Hewitt, uh, he, was, uh, he was challenging the race-leading Audi 39 earlier on. But after those pit stops, he came out behind. Uh, and he was trying to make up to, well, he was actually... He was falling back a little bit, but he was under intense pressure from Kenny Wilden. That's a great shame. Uh, Kenny Wilden, great to see him back in this sport. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he's a former champion in this sort of series. Uh, he just, he's a really good guy. He'll be, he won't like what happened there. No, no, he's not that type of driver. Yeah, abs- absolutely right. Shelby Blackstock is with us to give us a, a little bit of driver's eye view as we had in the last 25 minutes here. GS GT4 Shelby performance balance balance of performance category formula the world over but that doesn't mean all the cars circulate at the same part of the circuit at the same speed you make your, your lap speed in different ways does that mean you've got to be very decisive when you're making an overtaking maneuver if you've got an advantage somewhere you've got to make it pay absolutely and that's the biggest thing in all classes i found in the IMSA, IMSA series is it's always one you're always good at one part of the racetrack and you're always terrible at the other <laughs> and always the car you're racing with is always better at your worst part too so it's one of those things and that's what makes the racing so incredible in this series to where it's just constant battle you're always all over each other and someone really has to make a mistake uh, in order to get by. That's the biggest thing. Is this the big boys version of, of spec karting in some ways? <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's about 
being able to repeat and repeat and repeat and, and carry speed and carry speed and carry speed. The, yeah, the biggest thing is consistency. Consistency is basically what makes the best race car. And uh, with our car today, that's kind of how we stayed up at the front is our car didn't have the greatest uh, up start, uh, start speed, but through the course of the run, it stayed the same, which was really, really good. And that's what you have to have in this series. These races are so long, so competitive. No mistakes and a, and a consistent fast car is the biggest thing. Right, so we're heading into the last 23 minutes or thereabouts. And at the front of the field, Jeff Westfall still leads from Jesse Lazart in the 69 McLaren. So Audi and McLaren, mid-engined cars, of course. Then it's the American muscle of the Mustang, the number 59 car of Kenny Wilden, who's just been involved in that little bump and run down at turn seven. Then Devin Jones in the 82 BMW M4 GT4. So that's European muscle, if you will. And they're side by side coming out at turn 17 as well. This will, of course, slow them down as they try to chase down the leaders. The Mustang looks very good and very poised over the bumps but the BMW's quick in a straight line comes to driver's right swings across to try and get a better run through turn one as they head onto another lap the leaders have already gone through oh I tell you what the Mustang looks Hargrove? the Mustang looks good Jeremy but what I, I see it looks good over the bumps but what I see and Shelby I'll be interested to hear what you think about this the Optima Batteries BMW fighting for third position currently in fourth seems to be able to be driven in different parts of the track that would suggest to me that that car has got a little bit better tyre left on it and is able to ping a line a little more it also goes back to setups also I mean the Mustangs have always driven the exact same way you really have to drive them to their likes and that's the only way those cars are fast the BMW same thing different characteristics so you have, it drives a little bit different it has different strengths and different weaknesses so that's again what makes the racing so great and a pit caller, Scott Hargrove, coming in, Jeremy. He's gone all the way up to fifth position in that Faf uh, Porsche Cayman. I think he'd, uh, yeah, he'd made his final pit stop, so that's a great shame for Hargrove. He was absolutely flying. Uh, that looked like it may have been a tyre being changed. Shit, Adam. Left front by my reckoning, and they are now going to do the right front as well while they've got the opportunity. But, uh, yeah, he came in very, very slowly, immediately on the pit lane speed limiter, crawled into his box, and the left front tire that came off the car is not as it was when it came out of France. Thanks very much, sir. The 56 and 40, 59 and 46 incident under review. That was the Kenny Wilton and Hugh Plum down at turn seven at the hairpin. <laughs> Mustang and the BMW still absolutely at it. Here comes the 15 Mustang. That's been in the wars as well. That's back on the pit lane with more gaffer tape than bodywork showing at the front. BMW gets a run down the inside. Driver's right into turn 17. This is brave to go around here side by side. Watch out for the bumps, lads. That can move the cars around. But through goes the number 82. Fantastic stuff from Devin Jones. Now, can he hold on to it? Mustang drops straight in behind the bright red car of Kenny Wilden. As they go down to turn one, those two front-engine V8s in clear air at the moment, but they have been slowing themselves down. Kenny doing a bit of defensive driving, sitting down the insides into corners, perfectly legal. Now he has a little look on the left-hand side of the BMW. Can't get that done. This is not over yet, I feel, Shelby, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devin's doing a great job. I think he might start pulling away here. He just set the fastest lap of the race for the GT4 class. So really driving really, really good. Car looks really planted, and uh, it was a great battle. In the third position then for Devin Jones. 
very consistent driver able to pull the pin here he might just be able to get a gap and indeed he's building that up now remember this dear listener and viewer uh, about 7.8 seconds between him and the battle for the lead with just under 20 minutes to go, Jeremy. Yeah, and that gap has, has been going out uh, even on that lap. Having got past the number 59 car last time around, uh, the gap went out by three quarters of a second on that last lap. So uh, he's got a lot of work to do if he's going to catch these two. But it's a good battle for the lead between number 39 and number 69. Both of these teams looking for their first victory in the Michelin Pilot Cup uh, challenge. The battle for the lead, however, is by no means settled. Jeff Westfall, he took the car over from Tyler McQuarrie, affectionately known as McQuef, that team. Sounds like some kind of celebrity union. The Porsche is back out again. He's got Hargroves at it, still got his four-way flashes going on as he goes down to turn 17 in front of the leaders. It's very, very tight between these two. I get the feeling that the Audi might just have a tiny bit of an advantage on the straight. It's quite unusual because the McLaren's normally fast. But the McLaren is really taking a lot of speed through the centre and off the corner, Shelby. Absolutely. I mean, both cars look like they're handling the bumps incredibly well. And that's the biggest thing here, how you have to be fast. I mean, with our car personally, that's the one biggest thing. We just handle the bumps extremely well. And that's always been Sebring's biggest, uh, biggest thing. And is that just the, the simple old-fashioned way of slackening everything off and, and trying to make it a little bit compliant because I presume you can go too far if you do that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's We've thrown we've thrown everything at this 37 LE Honda World Car right now. And right now, I mean, Tom and I are not super super happy with the balance. Obviously, it's fast because Honda's, Honda and Jazz has given us an incredible race car right out of the gate. Car's extremely fast, been in the top five in all, all the se uh, sessions we've ran. And now, I mean, we've have... But two Hondas in the top three, and then that's that's incredible. But yeah, going back to the bumps, it's the biggest thing here, and that's what makes a good race car and a bad race car. That's the 37 leading at the moment with Tom Gorman, the car that was handed over to him by our guest analysis here, analyst here. Sorry, uh, Shelby Blackstock, 89 Hart car has fought its way back up. To, to third position. Remember that car was turned around in the early part of the race when Chad Kilsinger was at the uh, wheel of that car. Oh, no, that was the 98, sorry. Got them mixed up. Same, same colour schemes. But uh, Ryan Eversley doing a grand job there. Looking further back down. The Alpha's still running. Shelby, you, you've raced and won in GS class cars before. How much fun are these TCRs to oh, drive? Yeah, good point. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's a different class, same animal. It's just absolute chaos on the start. The only <laughs> thing is, since they're so low horsepower and, the, and the, it's such a more, I don't say want to say tightly uh, group of cars, but it's just constantly battles all through the, all through the class. And the, even through on the start, everybody's racing hard, but everybody's racing consistent also. So, I mean, it's, it's racing. I and mean, that's why we're here. We love racing. And no matter what class it is, whether it be a golf cart going through the paddock, if you're racing that, you're having fun. So... I remember that when I'm on the golf cart in the paddock. Yeah. I keep my eye open <laughs> for you. Great to see the Alfa Romeo. Oh. Fifth order, just as I mentioned, he hooks a wheel coming out of turn number 10 and almost gets it into the wall. Fortunately, I've got to say very fortunately, Alex Popper remembers he's in a front-wheel drive car. He just drifted a tiny little bit too far to the left as he came around the right-hander at 10. And the left rear Michelin just hooks over the kerb. It pitches him 45 degrees sideways. The worst thing he could have done there was to lift off. He floored the throttle and steered 
the way he wanted to go. Almost the exact opposite of what you would normally do when you, you were sliding. The first instinct there, Shelby, is to lift off. If he'd done that, he was gone. Oh, absolutely. And especially for me, driven all rear-wheel drive cars my entire career. When I first came to the uh, LA Hondward team, and this is my first front-wheel drive, uh, yeah, it's a huge thing yeah. to switch your brain, o switch yeah. your brain over when you're in a huge tank, slap, tank, tank slider. And <laughs> basically, you're having the worst moment of your life. And just put your foot down all hard, hard on the gas. Not really comes the first thing in mind. No, absolutely not when you're careering towards a wall that looks yeah. very, very voice oh, sideways again in that car. Alex Popo. Now I wonder if he's done some there. damage. I wonder if he's done some damage to that Michelin tyre on the left rear when he hooked the curb. Let's see how he goes. Or maybe it was just dirty. It could have been that as well. He's just leaning on it there. Uh, we've got 15 minutes left to go. The Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award will be voted by you. Jeremy, any thoughts as to as to who has uh, done the job? The Alpha team's done really well to get that car back up through the field. Yeah, particularly after all their problems uh, earlier in the weekend. They've done a super job. Uh, but i tell you what, the one the guy I was watching here was Dylan Murray. We haven't really talked about Dylan in car number 35. That's that wins Mercedes. He's up into fourth place. Really good first stint mm. by Jim Cox in that car. His best stint by far. He's not done many races in this, uh, in this championship. Uh, these two shared a Porsche last season. Porsche came in last season. Uh, and Jim is from uh, Nokomis in Florida, so relatively local driver. But he's only had 11 starts in the championship prior to this weekend. He had a really good first stint. And Dylan Murray, who drove a great race also in a prototype challenge race yesterday to finish among the top five, a great uh, debut uh, in that level of a car, is up in a fourth position in car number 35. Uh, Jamie Howe has a nomination for the Forge Line Spirit of the Race. I do. I'm going to give my vote to Hart, the Honda of America racing team, just because I believe that they embody everything that sports car racing is about. These, the team members, they're all volunteers. They work in the factory during the week. They know these cars on the inside and out. They develop them, and then they bring it to the racetrack, to the fans, to the people, and they race it. They show what it's capable of. Today they struggled a little bit in the early, and they've been able to scratch back up in line for a podium. So they get my vote today. I'm going to give my vote to the Carbon Motorsport Group because they have a car leading, but it hasn't been the easiest day for that number 93 car. It's the first race that they've run with two Audi R8 GT4 cars, one of them out front. The other one, not quite out front, but they still have persisted with both cars, and there's something to be said for that. Uh, vote for one of those or nominate someone else. Hashtag ForgeLine, S-O-T-R, to at IMSA Radio. We'll let you know how the voting gets on. Uh, before we go off the air, as voted by viewers and listeners of IMSA Radio and IMSA TV, the Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award, recognising the entity or individual who you think most embodies the spirit of endurance racing. Twelve and a half minutes to go. Battles through the field. Turner Motorsport BMW. Spirit of any race award. Always a character there would be Bill Oberlin, and he's plugged into that car and driving that car back from early problems. It's not going to be getting a huge points haul for Will Turner and the rest of the 96 team, but you wouldn't think that the way Bill is driving it at the moment. What a role model for Robbie Foley and the other guys that he has mentored down through the years. At the, at the front of the field, though, all of a sudden, the lead has gone out. Jesse Lazare has dropped way back, yes. dropped three uh, yeah. seconds back. Yeah, on that last uh, last couple of laps, the last lap in particular, he lost almost two seconds to the race lead. I don't think there was any major traffic issues for 
uh, for uh, Jesse Lazar. Well, I thought that uh, McLaren was looking good at that stage. So if he got made a mistake, got uh, hacked up into traffic somewhere. His last lap was uh, yeah. His last lap was a 14-3. Carl Marcelli is doing a fantastic job. He's absolutely flying. Carl Marcelli chasing down Dylan Murray. Well, yeah, he's going to have to try to. But Dylan Murray, that's been a brilliant drive by young Dylan. It really has. He's he's made his way through some traffic here. Uh, when he came after this round of pit stops, where was he? He was in the 13th position. No, well, you know, after, no, after the TCR cars moved back, he was in the uh, ninth position, up into fourth now, and he is uh, chasing after Devin Jones. He's about five seconds behind Devin Jones, not necessarily catching him, but it's been a really fine effort by the uh, youngster from Atlanta, Georgia. And let's not forget, he's just 17 years of age. Just going to throw in a, a thought for the 97 team. Brand new Aston Martin AMR Vantage GT4 car. The new Vantage. Robert Glenn Jr. behind that car. Remember that car was in the wall earlier on. They've managed to get that car back out. Doesn't look quite as pristine as when it came when it was unveiled by uh, Dave King earlier on in the week. But that car is back out and sitting in 29th overall. That's 20th in the GS category. You just can't afford to have a bad day. We saw it last year in the championship, didn't we? Vault Racing, they've had their troubles today. The number seven, the bright yellow Porsche. The new Cayman ship, the 718 Cayman, but still with a six-cylinder flat-six engine. Classic GT Racing. The big banger V8 Ford number 40, about to go up the inside of that Trent Hitman driven number 7 car or is it they're not battling for position there's laps between them but that's the sort of pictures Jeremy that you and I have seen down through the years whether it was Ford Mustangs or Ford Falcons in small minis little Porsches battling huge V8 engines this is the very essence of mixed category racing yeah we're inside 10 minutes to go now the leader is headed on through turn one on lap 45 but now the gap from first to second over five seconds now Justin Lazar is really falling back and he's only got maybe eight or ten car lengths ahead of the BMW of uh, Devin Jones who really is uh, catching him hand over fist Shelby Blackstock is giving us a little bit of a driver's eye view as we move inside that last ten minutes here if you're Jeff Westfall at the moment everything's looking good he'd be noticing that the car that was behind him isn't However, if you're Jesse Lazare, he might well be nursing a problem at the moment. Nothing worse at this part of the race to thinking, oh, I was on for a win, and now I might not even hold on to a podium. It's funny you say that, because our car is doing the same in TCR. So these under 10 minutes, uh, my heart rate's starting to go up quite a bit. Um, But, yeah, the biggest thing is you're never safe in racing. Anything could happen out there, and that's the biggest thing. That's It's it's never over until it's over. And, in fact, I think there's a slow-moving Honda in the, as the leaders have just gone through, it might, it might have been the 86 car, the blue, and... Just letting traffic yeah, I know. Was he? He slowed a, a very long way. That was very nice of him to, yeah. to do that. Yeah, Tom now has got uh, just four seconds of a lead over Mikey Taylor in the number 17 Audi RS3 LMS TCR. But the battle for second position is pretty much on now. So Jesse Lazare from looking great. What, two, three, four laps ago, that's all. 
has now just not got the pace in the McLaren. Now that might have been that he'd overworked his tyres, he may be battling another gremlin, we don't know, but he, that car does not have the look of a car that can be that can be defended. I mean, well, I, I'm not sure that they, he's going to be able to hold on to that car. No, you're right. I mean, that car, let's not forget, it, it's the McLarens have had 50 kilograms of weight added since Daytona. That's well over 100 pounds. That's a lot of extra weight to be carrying around. It's hot out there. This track is abrasive, Shelby. You know all about trying to save tyres. You've driven these big cars. It's a challenge. Oh, especially, I mean, 100 pounds in, in one of these cars, especially on this low. It's Sebring's a very low-grip track. It's very hot. It's an old runway, pretty much. So, I mean... To have that much weight added on, it looked like the car was really, really good, and you could really destroy the set of tires in about a lap here at Sebring. So if you don't look after them the whole time, ooh, it makes for a long race. It does. There's not long to go in it, so he's not got that long to hang on. But uh, six, uh, just under seven minutes remaining now. Is he going to be able to do that? That's a challenge now for Jesse Lazar in that MIA McLaren. Yeah, sport nice consistent action. laps by our race leader. Uh, Jeff Westfall, his last three laps, so 2 minutes 13.2, 2 minutes 30.1, 13.1. And there goes second place. Jesse Lazare in the Mia McLaren was defending, but he, he's lost power, he's lost a gear. I, I, I don't know, Shelby, but I mean, he did everything right there. He didn't look like he made a mistake coming through Big Bend, but the BMW drove around the outside. Jesse went to the inside. You can't fault what Jesse was trying to do. He just didn't have the car. No, it, it looks more now like a problem. Uh, it, it might be a straight line engine. It could be something else, but it just doesn't. One, when it went by, it didn't really sound right, and yeah. you can just see him pulling him every single corner. So that's really unfortunate. Now, the thing to do now is look back to Dylan Murray and Devin Jones, who were trying to chase them down. Uh, Dylan Murray and Devin Jones gone pits. through, yeah. Second, the number three Alpha oh, in no. the pit out of sixth position. That was going so well. That was the Alex Popow car that got the lurid slide earlier on. Under six minutes to go. So Dylan Murray has gone in. It, sorry, Devon Jones has gone into second place. Dylan Murray is the next car up in the Mercedes, the number 35 Mercedes AMG. And he's he's got what I would normally say with five minutes to go is four seconds to make up. Well, you know. But Jesse Lazar's lap times have gone out. He's losing six, seven tenths every time around to the cars around him. I think he's safe unless it gets worse. Managing the gap at the front, Jeff Westfall, Tyler McQuarrie in before him. That's a strong team, Shelby. Those guys well matched. They know each other epitome of consistency, those two. Absolutely. And consistency is really what makes everything in this series uh that's uh, that's what made that's what makes IMSA racing so so competitive. You have to be consistent throughout the year. If you don't have the car for the day, it's better just to settle for the points. Tom O'Gorman has found the sweet spot again and pulled out to over five seconds now on Mikey Taylor in second. The Honda Civic number eighty-nine, the hard car of Ryan Eversley in third position. Osman Felipe is now in behind the wheel of the number twenty-one. Hyundai Veloster, that's the black car. After the uh, blue one was doing well earlier on, Michael Lewis now behind the wheel of the 98 has dropped away to eighth. Mark Wilkins had that car up in the top six, but Brian Hurt at Autosport will be happier with that car this time around. They've had a little more time to get used to it. LAP Honda and the LA Honda World 37 leading. 
Shelby Blackstock was actually leaning forward, listening there. That sounds sweet to me, that little Oh, two-liter. yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is... This is pretty uh, rough is to watch. Worse for oh, you this is way here. worse. This is You'd way worse. You'd rather be in the car. Absolutely. I mean, we've we've switched around. Uh, who starts? Who? who uh, oh, please stay on. Oh, <laughs> twenty-three. Racing to end Alzheimer's car. Now earlier on, that car was backwards into the wall at turn seven. It was turned around by the team, but that was coming out of turn one and heading through to turn two, and that was another lurid moment for a TCR car. And that's all four wheels onto the dirt. Now, that's the Patrick Pelier line from from uh, the uh, from the big series. Patrick Pelier didn't quite go that wide, but that's that was his line for his fastest lap, believe it or not. Well, that car's had an interesting run. Now lost part of the front of that car as well as getting banged up on the back. Shelby Blackstone, before we let you go, and we head towards the the checkered flag. Um, you and Tom forming a good relationship? Absolutely. I mean, it's he's an animal behind the wheel. It's an, yes, absolutely. It's 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 so funny how it's such a relationship. I mean, we all have our relationships at home and everything, but when you come here and you're sharing a car, it is a full-on relationship, driver to driver. And we're still in the dating phase. We're still trying to learn each other out and and try to figure out what you, what either what you, what each other likes. And luckily, it's kind of been a shocker to where like, okay, I like this. He's like, oh, me too. And so it's been really, really refreshing. It's. It's been a joy work with them and LAP, LAP Motorsports and uh, LA Honda World. Does it does it help to actually do things away from the track as well, like go out for a meal and you know just hang out and have a chat about things not related to motorsports? Absolutely. After Daytona, we went out and had a couple of beers and just kind of just kind of learned each other. And then uh, on the way to Austin, he stopped and stayed over at my place in Nashville. And again, just just figuring out how each other works and how what we like what we don't like and and we're still learning even this weekend we were like hey do you like this he's like yeah i was like all right sounds good so and it makes it really good to work together especially when we're sharing a car right get that back down to the pits because it looks Thank like you, you might guys have something to celebrate you welcome anytime shelby blackstock thanks for giving us some insight uh, up here on imsa radio and imsa tv last 90 seconds and the tyler macquarie jeff westfall partnership look to be heading to victory all of a sudden five and a half seconds Devin Jones in second position it was pulled back a little bit but I don't think that that is an issue Jeff seems to be managing things at the front and it'll be white flag next time around so just one lap to go when he comes across the line to complete lap 48 let's see the third place car Jesse Lazare well his lead has gone down from nearly five seconds to just over two his gap from third to fourth place and Dylan Murray is charging along he was almost a full second quicker last time around number 12 Audi coming into the pit lane later on for Ryan Nash out of seventh position in TCR and Alex Popauer is bowed back out in the number three Alpha white flag out three and three quarter miles to go for Jeff Westfall Let's, well, and for second place, it's all closed. Check that for, for the deck, back down the field for seventh place is what I was trying to say. Kenton Cook and Greg Leifuga absolutely together across the line. Cook on the inside. Can he hold on to it at turn one? He cannot. Oh, well, I'm not sure because the BMW has gone a bit wide, but does get the pass done. And that number two just losing pace towards the end of the race. Quick update from the pit lane from Shea Adam. 
Right front puncture for the Compass Racing number 75. Oh, McLaren that wanted Daytona. They're not going to finish today. Tight voting on hashtag Forgeline SOTR. Yours could make the difference at IMSA Radio. Hashtag Forgeline SOTR for the spirit of the race. Jesse Lazare. Now only a second and a half ahead of Dylan Murray. Murray pushing on. Is there a chance here? He's got him in sight. It's not a second and a half now. The wins car can see his target. Lazare is a sitting duck from challenging for the lead with, what, 15 minutes to go, and he may not be on the podium halfway around the final lap. And we're hearing from the pit lane, the issue is he is running out of brakes in that McLaren. Further round the lap, going through turn number 16 in about two seconds' time, and on the back straight for the last time, the leader, Jeff Westfall. Westfall has done a great job, Tyler McQuarrie. Early on, he's added his heft to this as well and done his part of the job. It will be a win in the second round of the 2019 Michelin Pilot Challenge for the 39 Audi team and it's a new winner in this championship they take their maiden victory and do it in some style it'll be well over six seconds I think at the line the interest will be for the third place on the podium they come out at turn 17 almost together but the McLaren somehow hangs on fabulous last lap by Jesse Lazare I tell you I would not put money on that Audi, BMW McLaren three different manufacturers on the podium in TCR Tom O'Gorman teammate of Shelby Blackstop who was our guest analyst here for the last half an hour or so of the race is on the back straight now let's see this car home and then pick up some uh, of the atmosphere from the pit lane he's got just the final corner to go looked a little dodgy for a while for the LAP LA Honda World Civic but actually Tom has saved the best till last and put a couple of really decent laps in and all of a sudden he's over six seconds to the good. The chequered flag is out and it is a win for the Honda Civic. Let's go down to the overall winners. Here's Shea Adam. Tyler McQuarrie is one happy dude. Now you've won in this series before but it's been a little while and this is an overall win. Does it feel even sweeter? Yeah, you know, this team has been working so hard. It's our second year together and, you know, we went into Daytona feeling really good and just things didn't work out there and you know we just kept on digging we know we had to get ourselves out of a little deficit we created there but the car is so awesome and you know i can't thank all these guys enough and what a perfect way to thank them then go out there and just lead the whole race win it jeff did an awesome job the michelins were awesome all day the car never fell off and you know, it was just about managing the car and we did it i'm so happy for everybody Congrats, Tyler. Big party tonight, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on an airplane to Tahoe. I'm going skiing. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, you can tell them as well, Shea, that the Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award goes to that 39 Westfall Racing team and the winning car. They have plugged away at this for quite some time. And that is a very good victory indeed. Confirming the, the results in the GS, the GT4 category, Westfall Audi number 39 wins it from the 82 BMW in second, the 69 Mia McLaren, Motorsport in Action McLaren holding on to third position.
And as far as the championship is concerned, Jeremy? Well, unofficially, James Clay and Devin Jones will have 60 points. Uh, Jesse Lazar and Corey Fergus will have 60 points. Uh, so they'll be tied in, in the points. And the fact that uh, James Clay and Devin Jones finished second today, uh, they had a fourth at Daytona, compared to the two third-place finishes of the MIA team will mean that uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the, uh, the tie break, it'll be the number... Uh, 82 car that leads in the points but uh, tied with number 69 McLaren that was a really fun race great result by this uh, Carbine Autosport Peregrine Racing Team They've, as, as we heard from Jeff uh, from Tyler McQuarrie they've worked super hard and uh, they've been very very focused and this is a very well earned victory yeah, and the Carbine team taking the Forgeline Spirit of the Race Award as voted by you the viewers and listeners to IMSA TV and IMSA Radio. TCR result 37. Tom O'Gorman and Shelby Blackstock win for Lewis Pericarpi and for Elia Honda World. Second position. Mikey Taylor brings home the number 17 Audi. And it's a second TCR Honda on the podium with the 89 Hart cart. Ryan Eversley anchoring that cart to the line. Hyundai get their best result uh, since they've come into the championship. A fourth place for Masson Felipe in the 21 car. And then Colin Mullen chasing him down very closely at the end in fifth in the 52 Honda. The second of the uh, uh, Autosports Velosters in sixth position. Michael Lewis bringing the car home after a very good opening stink by Mark Wilkins. To the winners, the spoils in the victory lane here at... Sebring, Jeremy's just doing a quick bit of addition to the uh, TCR category and the 37 car may take some time to get back, I think he's run out of fuel on the slowing down lap, he has that 37 car, Tom O'Gorman that's how close it was, that's why he was managing the gap, now we know Tom O'Gorman, I think, has run out of fuel on the slowing down lap. I better, tell, I better know someone who knows. That would be Lewis Pericarpi, who is with Shea Adam now. That was a hard-fought victory. Your parents here to see your team win number two in a row. You only need one car to win, but, man, you guys pushed hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, the crew worked really hard, you know, um, all weekend long. This is my favorite racetrack. We won it last year with the minis, and, you know, to come here again for a second time is awesome. It's amazing. Solid points lead. Congratulations, Luis. Thank you, Shay. Has he run out of petrol? Is that what he said? No? Why is he sitting on the other side of the track, then? Okay. Thank you, Shay. Uh, TCR? Yeah, it's uh, had to go quite a long way down. Of course, uh, Shelby Blackstock and Tom O'Gorman are perfect. Uh, 70 points, 35 each for two of their victories this season. Second place in points, I reckon, is the Hyundai Veloster of Mason Felipe and Harry Gottsacker. They finished uh, fifth at Daytona, fourth today. They'll have 54 points to the 70 of Blackstop and, o- and O'Gorman. And then on 51 points would be Brian Henderson and Todd Lamb, who had some problems towards the end of this race, finishing eighth position. And then tied on 50 points apiece will be uh, Nick Gallant and James Vance. And our third place finishers today, Chad Gilsinger and Ryan Eversley. Well, it wa- it was a fuel issue for Tom O'Gorman at the end. That's why he was managing that gap. A problem in the final fuel stop. 
uh, final pit stop didn't get the fuel probe in quite as well as they thought and they were f- all fingers crossed at the end there probably just as well Shelby Blackstock was up here and didn't know that then because or maybe he did actually and maybe that's why he looked so worried tell you what I'm surprised he didn't manage the gap a little bit more then towards the end because uh, he had a pretty pretty handy lead over Mikey Taylor seven seconds between first and second in TCR but he was still running uh, pretty quick laps even toward the end well Jeremy another great race for the Michelin uh, pilot challenge in a field that keeps on adding depth as well as numbers drama right to the end there with the battle at the front of TCR the battle for third in GS no last lap passes this time we've seen plenty of that uh, in seasons past but what a great way to kick off the season we've had two cracking races uh, at uh, the Rolex 24 now here at the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring Uh, and we'll be back with the uh, rest of the season live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV across the 2019 season. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.